Live from the Altitude 950 Studios, the Vic Lombardi Show starts now. I like Vic Lombardi. You go to Denver, very few Lombardis. You know, I guess we're naturals. I guess we're naturals in there, man. He's a man who likes wine. And I'll tell you something else. He knows more about sports in his toenail than you know in your family tree. Yes, sir. You hit it right on the head, man. Don't talk about my height. I have to keep it very professional, which uh, I will. But uh, you got a big crowd out there. It's uh, Vic Lombardi night. It's all entertainment. You know, it's all entertainment, man. You're listening to Dr. Vic Lombardi. We are broadcasting live from the Ridge at Castle Pines Golf Tournament this morning for the annual Colorado Avalanche Charity Golf Tournament benefiting Cronky Sports Charities and the community programs every year since 1997. Since its inception, this charity golf classic has raised more than $1.1 million. So we will be talking to members of the Avalanche organization uh, throughout the morning, throughout the afternoon. We'll be here live for most of the day what a game last night who slept raise your hand if you slept more than three hours no one okay yeah i'm with you right there that the the only unfortunate nature of that home opener was the fact that it started past my bedtime that's how old i am how much sleep did you get there manchester uh about three and a half hours and nice. the problem is that's three of the last four nights for me so uh, <laughs> i'm dragging a bit but i'm ready to go Beautiful morning. What about you, H.W.? Did you uh, watch from home? I did. I got about four and a half because when you're laying in bed and you can feel your heart still beating out of your chest, <laughs> it's never a really good way to fall asleep. And uh, we we will dive into it. But flipping over to Greg Houston Street Holland. Oh, that, that game, was fun. Was not healthy for what the What are you talking either. about? That was the drama of sport. I'm going back and forth myself because somebody had to remind me. You know, you get caught up in the football game. Was it me tweeting about the Rockies? No, it was somebody else. Oh. Somebody reminded me of what, what happened. Somebody tweeted that Nolan Arenado just three-jacked it and put put them up, what, 5-2? Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, the D-backs are back in it. But what a finish there. Almost as exciting as the finish we witnessed at Mile High Stadium. And all I could think of at 24-21, the final score, was last week, James Merlet saying, you know, I think I'm going to work that hook. Isn't that what you said? I did. I'm going to work that hook. I did. Three and a half points was the, uh, that was the difference, right? Well, the, the line by the time the game started was three, so I went Broncos. Had it been three and a half, I would have gone Chargers. So I pushed. I would have won had I got it in when we talked about it. Yeah. But that's okay. That's okay. It's amazing how well Vegas has this down. Isn't it? Really I mean, even when it was 24-7, you think, well, Vegas messed this one up. No, no, they know more than we do. Well, the over-under was 41 and a half, so they were right near that, Unbelievable. too. I mean, they had it. They had it dialed in. What a crazy game. And when I say crazy, it could have been over earlier. It should have been over. I mean, the Broncos were in complete control with the ball at midfield. I'll save that for my piping hot take. But then... Well, last year happened again, and that's another hot take you'll hear about. Last year happened, which was what the entire fourth quarter reminded me of last year, where things unraveled, things fell apart, and you're starting to wonder, are they going to hold on? Are they going to be able to hold on and win this game? In the end, a win is a win. Well, it felt like they were going to have a stress-free win, right? Stress-free doesn't exist with this team We were going to come on and be like, wow, they turned a corner, they finished a game, Simeon looked pretty good, Mike McCoy's offense is so much greater than Rick Dennison's, and then all of a sudden, it was 2016 before our eyes, and uh, down to the last kick, Vic. 
That was the craziest part that I still don't think is getting enough play. Graham Gano goes wide left on his second try in week one last year, and the kicker for the Chargers last night makes his first kick. Oh, but he got ice just like Gano did. Second kick gets blocked by Shelby Harris. It was an identical football game. They won because the L.A. Chargers are poorly coached. That's why the Broncos won. The the lack of execution with the game clock Oh my God! in the last couple minutes was almost funny. They got the ball with two minutes to go. It took them a minute and a half to get a first and, down. And, and that's where I have to say this. You, you, you blame it on the coaching. At some point, the quarterback who's running the offense has to take control too. And Phillip Rivers is a mature veteran QB who looked like a rookie last night at times. Was he? I was in the stand, so I didn't have the, the benefit of hearing the announcers. Was he trying to get him to measure on third and one to see if they got the first down? Because they burned no. 20 seconds before they called the it, timeout. It was unclear what they were doing from the start. And on third and one with Gordon, you thought they were just trying to get a cheapy first down, but all of a sudden he was stopped, and it was like, what is Philip doing? Total he, clock mismanagement. I know you're going to point at Anthony Lynn and his crew, and they deserve a ton oh my of blame. But Philip Rivers should know better. I, Come on, you think Peyton Manning would allow that? I fine in that situation. But how about the play earlier in the the fourth quarter? It's fourth and a foot. They hurry up to the line of scrimmage. They're about at midfield. They're just going to run the hey, let's not get anything yeah. set. Go hit it, hit it to the running back. Get the first down. They call a timeout and run the same play. Then they come out and go fullback <laughs> lead block. Yeah. Everybody in the yeah. building knew it was coming. And Todd Davis made the tackle four yards. It's like you called a timeout to drop that play. That uh, sometimes these coaches who spend a hundred hours at the office. And that's what you got? It just drives me absolutely Well, you know, one team had to lose, and that was the Chargers. And nobody's complaining about it in Denver. It's the way the Broncos won, though. And that's the beauty of sports talk radio. You know, it wasn't a blowout. It wasn't a, well, we got nothing to say this morning. We got plenty to say. There's plenty of room for criticism. And that's the beauty. When your team wins and when you know they should have won by more, that makes for a perfect radio show. Doesn't it? It does. It does. See, now, and, and, and maybe I'm just looking at life through a different lens. You Rick. mean through your Manchester lens? Because I'm looking at that going, man, if one play early in the game goes the way it should have gone, that's a totally different ball game. The, the Broncos should have been down 7 nothing. You're talking about the drop pick six. Yeah. yeah. If it's all they should have won by more, it's a totally different game if it's not a dropped pick six yes. on a god-awful throw. That is a god-awful awful throw. That is a throw that you see from a high school quarterback. We are six minutes in. It Full was Manchester. awful. Six min- Who was the better quarterback last night, Manchester? Mm. Yes, okay. End of story. Let's know. move on. Look at the numbers. Whoa. Look at the stats. Okay. Look at the execution. Who was playing? At, come on. Don't even get me. Don't even go there. Listen, who Trevor Simeon. The no fly zone? Trevor, who, you, you think that San Diego who, defensive front's pretty good? How many games do you think San Diego's going to win? You think that, that defensive is front is pretty good? Awful. That Don't. team is Trevor Dreadful. Simeon went toe to toe with your great Philip Rivers, okay. and you know it. Fine, you chalk up seventeen to twenty-eight, two hundred nineteen yards, two touchdowns, a pick, and a pick six that was dropped, and we'll see at six and ten. Beautiful. If that performance is what people think is going to get them anywhere, they are so, sadly. So, so, let me get this straight. Taken your takeaway from that game last night with all the events, the turn of events that occurred. Your takeaway is the quarterback play. No. That, that was not my what, take. What was your first comment this morning? My take, my take. Well, you said, oh, they should have won by a lot more. 
I'm saying balderdash. Well, had, had, they're had up 21 to six. seven with first and goal at the one. They could have won by Correct. a lot Fine, more. But that is just looking at it through orange-colored glasses. Oh, I guarantee geez. you, if you're in LA and you're the you're one of the seven Charger fans, this shtick's going to last only so much longer. You're looking at this saying, you're looking at it saying, if we get that pick six, it's a different game. What does everybody say about the 2005 AFC Championship game? What's everybody say? If Champ Bailey doesn't drop the pick six, right. it's a different game. So let's see. One time when it's the Broncos, that that's a, that's the right way to look at it. When it's the Broncos that got the benefit of the drop pick six, now we're just being yeah. all Manchester. Okay, I just am trying to figure out the rules that you want to apply when we're evaluating this quarterback. I, I want I, you to be I, fair. I'm shocked by I it. I want you to be fair. Fine. And, and you are vastly Fine. unfair. It was exactly the yeah. same performance we saw all last year, Vic. Okay. So all I heard in training camp, all I heard in the offseason was how he's going to make this leap. He was the exact same mediocre quarterback he was last year. Same guy. Okay. Same guy. Who was the better quarterback last night? I think they were about the same. Okay. You want to answer were the, the question? Same. Let's talk about let's talk about who what? led their team back from twenty four seven down in the fourth quarter. Who won the game? I mean, come oh, on. Okay. Well, Jared Goff won. So okay. is he is he better than Tom Brady? Because his team won. God, I would have loved to see number twelve last night in that situation to see what happened. Uh, the, the, okay. H O V lane to six and ten. Last we're in it. night, the story of the game nationally was not. Of course, Manchester's take on Trevor Simeon or the defense or Shelby Harris, who, by the way, wasn't even considered a member of the team until the final cuts, and he makes the play of the game. None of that mattered. What mattered was the legendary Sergio Dip. And I didn't see this live, okay, because I was at the game. Oh, I saw it live. I didn't see it live. So all I heard about was Twitter just exploding. Oh, my God, what happened? Did the sideline guy just have a convulsion? What happened? Did he have a stroke? Is something wrong with the sideline reporter? Did they ever go back to him? No, so they, I'll, I'll explain because I watched it. Sergio was one and done, uh, unfortunately for Sergio. Yeah. They pulled the plug on Sergio. Uh, I believe we have the audio of yes, Sergio. Yes, we do. But it was one of those things where, where I started getting texts like, was that like a, a, a like a – Setup uh, was that like a kid who was like he was just getting his chance? Like no one knew was what was going was that, on. Was that an accident? Were we watching the Onion Sports Network? People didn't know what was happening. They didn't set up who Sergio Dip was. No, that was the craziest part. I went back. They just and said, "Let's it. go to Sergio." So I we're went, like, "Hey, Sergio," I, and he botched it. I went back and looked at it last night when I got home after I recorded the game because I wanted. Listen, man, this is our business, right? This is what we do. So I felt awful for the kid. I've been there. We've all been there. Man, you've had those nerves built up. I mean, national television, for crying out loud. So no, no. I feel for the kid like you don't understand. At the same time, all the blame should be on the ESPN management for putting him in that situation, for the producer for not explaining that he is a Spanish reporter doing an English broadcast to cross-promote the Spanish uh, ESPN Deportes. Correct. They should have done that. They did not. They put him in a bad situation, and here's what happened. The legendary Sergio Dip. Beth, Coach, it's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close just watching Coach Vance Joseph from here. You watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL, and here he is having the time of his life this <laughs> night making his head coaching debut. 
It's the last part. That I, I mean, that's a drop. The time of his life. Listen, Jesse, every time somebody gets too excited here, I want you to have in the time of his life. <laughs> that might be up. That might be a Troy Hansford fired up nominee right there. I think when we have a Troy Hansford fired up nominee, we should play yes. having a time of his life. I actually think that was about as informative as most sidelines. You, had to, right. his, you had to see his. You had to see the kid's face. You had, you had to match like, just the, the look. nervous yeah. look. Like. But, the audio uh, almost doesn't do it well, as much everybody, justice. Everybody has to understand, okay? It's not you just talking. There are a lot of things happening when a sideline reporter's down there. He has an IFB in his ear. The producer might be talking to him. Right. He may not be getting, it's called mixed minus, where he hears himself two seconds later. Happens all the time. There could have been a lot of circumstances that occurred at that time that made that kid look foolish that aren't his fault. I'm telling you, they put it never put him in that situation. That's a little bit like the Kennedy Nixon debate in nineteen sixty. If you just heard it, you take you have one takeaway. If you saw it, you have a different takeaway. Because that didn't sound as awful as I expected. <laughs> Some he didn't, of the text he didn't say in. anything. I know. My my brothers, man, were texting me last night. They were merciless. They were mean. I was like, man, you never been in that situation. Dude, I, I've been in so many situations where I did a stand-up or a quick report where I said that was the worst thing that ever's been uttered by a human being. That will be on the You know, if, if, if the internet were around in the late 90s, I'd be on YouTube every night. I don't know that there's anybody who's ever had to sit in front of a microphone or stand in front of a microphone, who's ripping the poor kid? Oh, God, you right. just got called Manchester right. Cliss on the text line. You're right. Listen, you can call me anything. Don't call me Cliss. What if I call you Sergio Manchester? Fine. I'll be Sergio Dip before. You can be call me Manchester Dip. Great show planned Don't for you. We are live at the Ridge at Castle Pines North. It is the Avalanche Charity Golf Tournament. It's a Broncos postgame show, and we're just getting started. You got the Vic Lombardi Show. Hot takes coming right up. Having the time of his life. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. Second and goal. Play action on the boot. Simeon keeps and scores. For six. This will not make a Joey Bosa highlight film, but an outstanding job by Trevor Simeon. Cool. Hey, I'm not trying to be all uh, Mr. Politically Correct. I thought Beth Mullins was awesome. I thought she was great. Again, I went back and watched the game last night, unlike some of us who just went to bed. I went back and watched the game, and Beth Mullins carried the broadcast. Rex Ryan was terrible. And I mean that with... He was terrible. Yeah, Beth was. He was great. terrible. I-, I tweeted it, and I believe it. Rex sounded like that 5:30 p.m. cocktail was wearing off. Rex sounded like morning. a guy who's never been in a broadcast booth. Yeah. He sounded terrible. Well, no, he had some. some between Rex he said. and Sergio, the broadcast crew is getting killed, and they should not. Beth should not be associated with Rex and Sergio. I agree because Be- she was Beth great. Was a pro. I'm with you. Beth was very good at what she did last night. But Rex's qualifications for being there. He coached. I mean, that's the other thing. We always get it on the on the on the text line of ah, oh, you went, you didn't play. Well, there's a guy that coached. He can't do this job. He can't uh, he can't analyze what's going he on. He was the opposite of Tony Romo, who was informative, who was, great. who was predictive. I don't know if you heard Tony Romo over the weekend. Yeah. He called plays before they happened. Yeah. Oh, this go, this ball is going to the right. Oh, this is a pass over the middle. He actually called each play. Rex Ryan just sort of I, I don't know what he did last night. It was awful. I didn't think he was good at all. Beth Mullins, 
Was, was he funny? Was he no! bombastic? No, the, was he level, the level on his mic was low. He had no energy. I mean, I, I, I'm being serious. When he sounds like a guy who had a couple pops at 5.30 and that 8.30 kickoff rolled around, he was ready for bed. Yeah. I mean, he was. And you know what's funny? They have not scheduled Rex for another game this year. And this was before last night. It was probably a trial balloon. He ain't getting scheduled. You know what? They probably heard some of his auditions, his practice games that said, I don't know if this is going to work. I mean, might be Rex and Sergio Dip doing something on the Ocho. I might (laughs) tune into that. (laughs) Poor Sergio. (laughs) Let's kick things off as we do every morning in this segment with our piping hot takes. Because I spit hot fire. Altitude 950, Denver's all sports station, and the Vic Lombardi Show present Piping Hot Takes. Brought to you by Sus Buick GMC. No dealership fee ever at Sus. It's Vic's Hot Take. All right, listen. 24 21. Block field goal. Basically the same home opener we saw a year ago against Carolina. Just recue the tape. It's the same game. I get that. One difference. This game was over. <laughs> this game was history. This game, you could have had the fans filing out before 11 p.m. last night if the Broncos can take care of business at midfield. It is 24-7. to Should have been 27-7. to Should have been 28-7 to if they punch it in from the one-yard line. Unable to do that. It looked to me like Emmanuel Sanders, when you look back at the uh, video replay, he did indeed have both feet in. They didn't review it. Whatever. Chargers get the ball back. You know they're going to rally. They're down by three scores. You know they're going to rally. It's fourth and one. They give it to Gordon up the middle, and he is devoured by Todd Davis. Nice little blitz, a run blitz to stop him short of the first down. The Broncos have the ball at midfield leading 24-7. to So what do you do in that situation? What do you do? Not what they did. Two straight runs up the middle, followed by a attempted bubble screen that turned into a disgusting interception. A lot of people wondering on that screen, should that have been P.I.? I did a little research. You can make contact behind the line of scrimmage. You can make, you can hit a guy if the ball is thrown behind the line of scrimmage. Now, there could have been a defensive holding call there. But as far as P.I., that was not P.I. You can blow guys up when the ball is thrown behind the line of scrimmage. So everybody calling for the flag, there's still a little bit of a blurry line there, whether or not it was indeed a P.I. or not. Point of the matter is, the game changed on that series and that possession. And if there's one thing I hope the coaches learned, that Mike McCoy learned, you got a hot quarterback. He felt it last night. He was feeling it. You could sense it. The confidence level was there. You got the ball at midfield. Go end the game. Take a shot. You just got it back on a huge turn of events. That first play, first down, should have been a shot down the field. It would have been over. Instead, we got drama. We didn't need the drama. We could have had a blowout. That one, in my opinion, is on the play calling when it's 24-7. to And that is my piping hot take. It's HW's Hot Take. I don't think we're giving enough credit to what Vic mentioned, the deja vu that was last night. Broncos Panthers week one 2016, it's 21-20, and here comes Graham Gano to win it from 50 yards, and he makes it, and the Broncos lose 23-21. Oh, wait, Gary Kubiak, brilliant timeout, 
Gano comes back. Everyone remembers it. Wide left. Broncos win. Broncos escape. Last night, new Chargers kicker, the rookie Koo, comes out. Vance Joseph calls a brilliant timeout. Koo makes his first kick. Chargers tied up. We're going to overtime, but wait. It's a nice job. Doesn't count. Next kick blocked by Shelby Harris. Same side of the field. The distance was like six yards apart. It was the exact same scenario that happened a year ago. I don't know what kind of odds you can get on that in Vegas, but, man, they would have been pretty juicy. Why does everything have to be about Vegas with you? I don't know. Here's the larger takeaway, boys. Last night was deja vu. This whole season's going to be deja vu. Of course the Broncos couldn't have a comfortable win. Of course they couldn't score when they were up 21-7 with first and goal to go up 28-7 and bury the Chargers. Of course it came down to a last-second kick. Last night was not good for my heart. It was not good for anyone's heart in the stadium. And it was not good for your heart watching on TV. But buckle up. Here we go again. This team has just enough playmakers to compete with anyone. But they don't have the experience, the coaching, or the playmakers on the offensive side of the ball to blow people out. Buckle in. 2017 is going to be a hell of a lot like 2016. Fun to watch every Sunday. Not good for your heart. Last night was our first taste. Get ready. We got 15 more of those type of games. Next hot take. It's Manchester's hot take. So I signed into Twitter this morning on my computer because I was using my phone at the game last night on the new $6 million Wi-Fi that is pretty mediocre at Sports Authority Field. It didn't work that well? No. Uh, they also had uh, 2016 fantasy stats on the scoreboard. Really appreciated that, too. But they're not done with the uh, wireless stuff, by the way. Okay. All right. So I'll give them best stuff. So I signed into my Twitter this morning, and I saw something new. I'd never gotten this before. Uh, you're getting an unusual number of notifications. Would you like to use some filters for this? So, <laughs> Isn't that what like, famous people get? Yeah, I, I'm getting blown up on Twitter. It started five minutes into the game last night. Jesse, do you have my pick that played last night on the Orange and Blue preview with uh, Nate Kreckman and Ryan Harris? Let's hear my pick for last night's game. It's going to be closer than people think. Broncos fans look at the Chargers, think cakewalk, not so fast. L.A. better than people think. However, I think the Broncos get it done in the end, 23-20. 23-20. You were way off. What was the final score? You were way 24, off. 24-21. So what am I getting blown up about? Hey, I, we we could go to Jesse. This you know exactly what you're getting blown up minute, about. Don't wait a minute, wait a minute, don't play possum with Does us. Does Jesse have the clip where I picked the Broncos to go 0 and 16? Does Jesse have the clip where I said the Broncos won't score an offensive point all year? Does Jesse have the clip where I said Trevor Simeon won't throw a touchdown all year? Give me a freaking break! I picked them to win the game. Yesterday went exactly as I picked it to go. Yet somehow I'm the one that's wrong. They're still going six and ten, and I'll tell you what. After what I watched last night, after what I saw, I'm more convinced this morning they're going 6-10 and 10 than I was yesterday morning when we sat on this show. I didn't see anything last night that told me my assessment of this team is off. If anything, I'm more convinced of it today than ever. I wonder if Jesse has the clip where I mentioned yesterday that it'll take Manchester exactly two minutes, no matter how Trevor Simeon plays, 
two minutes into this show to say it's Trevor's fault in some manner. How'd you like it his took fourth you quarter? Three minutes. How'd you like his fourth quarter? How'd you like the defense's fourth quarter? How about the defense? Hey, how about the how about back to back sacks? How'd you like? You're at the 13 yard line. You take back to back sacks. How about <laughs> how about third and three with 2:15 to go? You roll out and you throw it out of bounds. Who's how about it? that? How about that? Hey, is is the afternoon host on the other station gonna tech? going to take a photo of where that ball hit on the sideline like you did at training camp when Paxton Lynch did the exact same thing? Because that was just a genius throw last night, right? Hey, let's stop the clock for the Chargers and not make them use their last time out. Free pass time again in Denver because you know what? Trevor threw for 65 yards in the first half. My God, can we take Trapuka's name down and put Simeon up on the facade? There's one man in this market. One man. One man who's going to look at last night's game and put it on Trevor Simeon. And this man is on this show. Congratulations, Denver. He threw for you 219 yards. His name and is everybody Manchester. else in town wants to, wants to make him a ring of famer. It's a joke. His name is Manchester. The HOV lane to 6-10. and 10. Here and we are. He'll never lose an argument no matter what. You got the Vic Lombardi Show. We're live here at Castle Pines North, the ridge at Castle Pines, for the annual... Avalanche Charity Golf Tournament. They've been doing it since 1997. It's raised over a million dollars for local charities. Benefits Cronky Sports Charities and Community Programs. Uh, several Avalanche players will be out here this morning. I think we tee off right, right around 10 o'clock. But you will hear from the likes of Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog. I know Barley's going to be out here. They're all coming out for the annual golf tournament, so we'll have them on the air throughout the uh, course of the morning. Also, last night, guys, I have to tell you this. You knew it was the opening game of the season. You knew it was television. You just felt that electricity, and you can sense it by who was there. I'm on the field last night showing Paul Millsap around. That was his very first Broncos game in that stadium on an NFL sideline. People don't understand this about Paul Millsap, and we have to remind ourselves, he grew up in Denver. He was here till he was 13 years old. Big Bronco fan. He loved Steve Atwater, loved Terrell Davis. That was his era, right? The glory years, as I always remind you, James. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so for him to be there last night was pretty special. But it was almost like an NBA All-Star team last night. Paul Millsap was on the sideline. Jimmy Butler was on the sideline. You know he's DT's buddy, right? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Draymond Green was at the game last night. He's Benny Fowler's buddy. You know who else was Did there? Did he kick anyone? No. But you know who else was there? And he was shaking hands with everybody. He was there as a guest of Derek Wolf's. The wrestler Goldberg was there. Really? Yeah. He was. It was. Funny. I saw some of the pregame yeah. images of Goldberg, and yeah. he was he was over firing up. Uh, is it Tyreek Jarrett was the kid from the practice squad? Is that who that was? Yeah, and it's like, man, this kid's on the practice squad now. He's got Goldberg firing him up. It would pre-game. be Derek Wolf's guest, right? Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's very fits. very fitting. Oh, it was perfect, and of course Sergio Dip was there. So I'll tell you what, though, the crowd last night, just a sea of orange, dude. It was awesome, and that was maybe the loudest I've heard that place since the Tebow playoff game. That's weird. I, I had the same it feeling. Was so loud, and, and it's hard for me to assess that because I'm stuck in that aquarium called the press box. Sure, and I don't, I don't get a good sense. You know, that's why pregame's so fun because I'm on the field. And let me say this before we get going about the game: the young lady who sang the national Woo! anthem last night from Broomfield High School. Yes, She sir. did the same thing at the John Lynch Salute the Stars luncheon. I got to meet her then. And she knocked it out of the park then. And last night, 
I would consider that. Uh, was Jay, is Jake Schroeder, Schroeder going to be out here today? I don't know. Because he's that like was, the king of that. That would make sense. Because that young lady, that was the best national anthem I have ever heard at a Broncos game. It was ever. phenomenal. She nailed it. A high school student. Yes. She's a senior in high school. Yes. My senior in high school, I was trying to sneak Keystone Light into basement parties. Oh, I had people asking left and right, who <laughs> is surprising. that? That's surprising. She should be, she should she be doing belting the anthem to millions. She should do every anthem. She was that good. Yes, it was It was terrific. She was great. The crowd was great last night. I mean, Philip Rivers said it was the loudest he's heard it. They had a difficult time communicating. Um, so he obviously, he was going against a no-fly zone, and he had to deal with that crowd, yet you want to say he wasn't the better quarterback on the field and, you know, go ahead and put Trevor on the facade. Oh, I don't know. You like to generate okay. stats all the time. I'm looking at the stat sheet, and only one quarterback threw for over 200 yards. And wow. That's the Broncos quarterback. 219. Well, you know what? Woo! Who had the better numbers? 17 to 28, 219. I'm just looking at the numbers. Man. I'm looking at the else. numbers. You know, you're a numbers guy. You always remind us you're a numbers now, guy. And the want... numbers tell us that Trevor Simeon so, had a better game. You you like to use the stats when it supports your argument. You yeah, don't want to of, use the stats point. when it doesn't support your argument. But, hey, you know what? If you want to do stats, QB versus QB all year long, I am totally fine with that, Vic. I am totally down with that. i tell you what. After watching that game last night, how do you think Sunday is going to go? You know what? I'll tell you how Sunday's going to go. You ready? I'll make my pick right it's, now. It's two and a half Dallas. That is the easiest money in the history of Vegas. You, re you ready for me to make my pick? Or I'll tell you exactly how Sunday's going to go. Let's hear it. Is Dallas's front seven better than San Diego's? Defensive mm. front seven? Probably not. Okay. I especially the guys who rush the quarterback. Not even close to what they saw last night. Not even close to Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosha, uh, Legette, and all those guys. I mean, those guys were men last night. Dallas's front seven will not bring the same pass rush. Okay. I think Broncos win by seven points or more. Sunday. You think they beat the Cowboys? Yes. Yes, wow. sir. Wow. All yes, right, sir. well, we got to save that last minute because yes, Manchester sir. called the two and a half the freest money of all time, and Vic said they're going to win by seven. So yes, sir. one of you two is going to be dead freaking wrong. So I looked that. at that San Diego front, and I said to myself, I looked at the schedule, and I said, God, that might be the best defensive front they see all season. And you tell me. You t all right, go ahead. Go look at the schedule. You tell me what other defensive front they will face this season is as physical and as explosive as that San Diego defense. Man, yeah, because the Chargers are going okay, places, I, man. I'm asking you to that, look at that the schedule. Defense, that defense is stout. Okay. They're, I, I mean, that, they're, they're going to be one of the best in football. We've been hearing nothing but how good – LA, the LA's front seven is, and how good their defense is. I mean, come on. Well, Revisionist history. The Broncos last night were the exact same thing they were last year. It was three yards and a cloud of dust with the running game. CJ Anderson had back to back carries, and you know what he did? Tap the top of his head. Time for a break, which is what I said all offseason. It was the same old He ran same for old. 90 yards. Oh, wow. 90? Uh. Like on the dot, 90? All right, here we go. Woo! Some of the texts coming Man. in. 30930. 90 yards. God, I haven't seen a performance like that since Ruben Drones. 30933 is our text line. Uh, my girlfriend and I met Manchester yesterday, and I swear he was much more pleasant in person. Signed, Brandon and Glendale. Where'd you meet Brandon at? He was at the Orange and Blue Preview. Oh, you don't want to give up that image, though, bro. You were pleasant? Why are you oh, nice to Brandon? Oh, he awful. was a nice guy. His girlfriend's oh, you, a Charger fan. You let down your guard. Uh, this one's from Paul. Manchester's little gimmick is so exhausting. 
If Paxton had the exact same stats oh and God. made the exact same plays last night, Manchester would have had to go to the ladies' okay. room to towel off. It's old. It's tiring. Get a grip. Let me Sign tell you. The, let me tell you, Paul. The four plays we'd be talking about this morning if Paxton Lynch had that performance. Actually, the five, the pick six that should have been, the interception he did have, the back back to back sacks that took him out of easy chip shot field goal range. Yeah, those are his fault. Whose fault are they? It's not did the you, quarterback's did fault. Did you watch the play? It's not the quarterback's did fault. Did you watch the he, – Okay. He no, had no, no, the no, no, ball. No. Let me he, just make sure I understand this. When he scrambles and makes a play, it's all Trevor while he's great. When he gets sacked, he didn't check out of the play, and he didn't avoid the rush. It's all the line. So let me just make sure I understand this. When, he, when a play goes well, it's all Trevor's credit. When a play goes bad, it's not. So how about the third and three with 2.15 to go when he, when he rolls right and hucks it out of bounds? And keeps and stops the clock for the okay. Chargers. Those are the five plays we'd be talking right. about. It's Paxton. None of them are his fault last night, though, right? Nothing. Hey, it's all the offensive will you line. Acknowledge? It's all the. Hey, you know what? DT dropped the ball too. It's he get, should have been eighteen out of twenty. The stick is getting so old. You always he say, threw for two hundred nineteen yards. I'll tell you what's getting old is hearing how great he was. You're the one who says he's incapable of making NFL type throws. Would you acknowledge that at least three or four of his throws last night were phenomenal throws? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. The one off his back foot to Benny Fowler. Hey, how about this stat? This phenomenal. stat answers. Let me tell you this. Let Don't me give break you a out number. Phenomenal. The throw to Virgil Green, very nice throw. Let me give you a couple very numbers. Very nice throw. Let Down the middle of the field, which we haven't seen a lot of. I was impressed by that throw. Let me tell you but something. I'm not going to use the Hold word on a phenomenal. Hold on a second. Because the touchdown throw that, that Philip Rivers threw to make it 24-21, that's a phenomenal no, throw. No, it's not. That was a wide-open receiver oh on a nine God. route. Yeah, I mean, let me tell you. Peyton Manning and John Elway both acknowledge one thing. They've said this countless times. A quarterback in this league is measured on third downs. Third downs is where you measure the difference between an average quarterback and a pretty good quarterback. And if I look at third downs last night, early let's in the go. game he was very let's good. Let's see on third what he down. was on third downs last early night. Early in the game he was early very good in on the third game. down. How about the entire game on third down? Okay. How about the entire let's, let's look at that. game in the fourth quarter on third down? I'm talking about in the, the fourth game quarter on, on third, third down, down he threw it out of bounds. So if you want to go the entire game, that's fine. Or do you just want to use the stats to support your argument? Okay, let me, let me ask you this. It, since he's so phenomenal, let's give Trevor a long-term deal. Give him big money. Let's go ahead and secure him and make sure he stays here. You ready to do that? Yeah, I am. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm good with it. Okay. Because you know what? God knows they have the salary cap space to do it. They got her. So let's get her done. Let's make Trevor the permanent guy here. Let's hitch our wagon to Trevor for four years because he threw for 219 yards. Let's make it a done deal. One of the texters wants to know, what happened to your threat never to go to a Broncos game to boycott games as long as Trevor Simeon's a starter? Boy, that really worked. I said I would watch Red Zone. They were... The only game on. You last went to night. the game I last night. I watched Red Zone. You went to the game last night. So wait what a happened to you? Boycotted so the game. Let me games. understand this. I get ripped if I don't go to the game, and I get ripped if I do go to the game. Okay, that seems like a fair assessment. That seems like a, a, a really uh, uh, equal way to look at it. That, 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 that's that's you know perfect. What? You know what? That's I mean, great. Let me let me let me let me tell you something. Here's how sure. Phenomenal. I am. Here's Phenomenal. how sure. It's Tuesday. You know, I have a lot of time to assess this, and there's going to be some injuries. You're going to have Trevor to Trevor Story, out. a long-term contract, too. He's been phenomenal. Ronald Leary suffered a concussion. He may not play next week. The offensive line was Darren so much Stewart. better. I heard all about that. Darren Stewart had a groin injury. He may not play next week. So the Broncos have injuries. Despite all that, I am so sure that they're going to handle that Dallas defensive front <laughs> much better and much easier than they handled a, a uh. more talented San Diego front. 
I will double or nothing the bet you lost to me where you owe me a steak dinner because your guy, your quarterback, won't even get off the sideline this season. I will double or nothing. I think the Broncos will win Sunday. So we're going to take it straight up. I get the Cowboys. Yeah, you get let's the... go. Double or nothing. I'll take I'll, that all day that, long. I tell Wait, you is this a deal? Is this a real thing? I will double or nothing. You are double or nothing. Oh, steak no dinner right it. now. I'm Broncos, Cowboys, no points. I'm playing with house Straight money. up. And here's the deal, though. Double or nothing, I get to bring Easy e my father, who will eat so much <laughs> that your bill will be over $1,000 with him alone. Fine. I will take the Cowboys on Sunday. Akeem, this is a real thing. Coming up at 8.15, Jeff Legwald at 9 a.m. I have a feeling this is going to be a long morning, but a fun one at Where that. Where on the, the facade won. should we put 13, Trevor? Welcome City. now to Where? Jetpack 50. Where does it go? Yeah, I think, not, I mean, I've learned pretty quickly nothing's certain, um, especially when you're playing a guy like Philip Rivers on the other sideline. So, um, you know, down the stretch there, I think uh, offensively we wish we, wish we could have made a few more plays. Um, to help our defense out, but um, shoot, I mean, a win's a win. You know, we'll, we'll take it however we can get it. And the guy's humble. The guy's productive. And the guy pays allegiance to the other quarterback. In my opinion, he's everything you want from a young QB, and yet people just kill him here. They just kill him, and I don't get it. And I never will. Oh my God! How about field day? How about let's give him a let's give him a participation ribbon? Because wow, he he knew Philip Rivers' name. Welcome back to the Vic Lombardi Show, live from the ridge of Castle Pines North, where the Colorado Avalanche are holding their annual charity golf tournament. We will hear from members of the Avs this morning as they make their way. I think we tee off like around 10 a.m., and we'll have the rest of the crew in here. Mo- is Moshe going to be here this afternoon? Yeah. He's here as all well? All the way through Moshe. All right, beautiful. So we'll have interviews with these guys all day long. Right now, as we look back at last night, and what a what a turn of events late in the fourth quarter, not only with the Broncos game on one channel, but those of you who have multiple channels at home when you're working both TVs, you got the Broncos trying to stave off the hard-charging Chargers and the Rockies trying to stave off the Diamondbacks. Rockies are up 5-2 after an Arenado three-run jack. Then they give up to How'd they give up those two runs, by the way? Uh, how'd they go 5 due to 5 Pat Neshek came in and melted down all over himself. He did? Mike Dunn comes in and gets a long, long fly ball to end the eighth. And then Greg Holland comes in that and puts was an two on. Yeah. And Daniel Descalso hits one 390 feet in cargo right in front of the pool. Just kind of strolls over, makes the catch, gets a grounder to shortstop. I mean, Rockies win. You could pretty four. much say how the Rockies win. Very much how the Broncos won last night. It was the same type of game. Well, I told you to start the show, dude. I was like, I got to get to bed because I got to be up in four and a half hours. Yeah. And I couldn't sleep because I could feel my heart. Oh, that was awesome. The Rockies have now won five in a row on the road against the teams they're chasing in the National League West. And they are playing some of their best baseball winning home of the season. Or winning road this trip, This is Vic. great. They've won the road trip. You're They've exactly the, right. It's an eight-game roadie and they're 5-0. Yeah. Oh. So on my four-point plan to winning the uh, the second wild card spot, which you guys were jumping off the bandwagon and I outlined here's how they're going to do it, they're still a plus three. Any wins from here on out in Arizona in the three Bonus. remaining games will be yeah. Adding to that plus three. Well, and, and all of a sudden last. they could host that game. Yeah. They're only four back of Arizona all of a sudden. Hosting the wild card game is back at Well, play. right now, I almost want them on the road. They play looser on the road. I'll be honest with you. Mm, the way those are pl- famous last The way orders, they're though. playing on the road, give it to me. If they go 9-9 nine and nine in their remaining 18 games. They're in. Milwaukee or St. Louis has to go 12-6 and six to catch yeah. Well, Milwaukee lost last night. St. Louis was idle. So they're now four up on Milwaukee yeah. and three and a half up on the Cardinals. How about we play a little good news, bad news, fake news from last night's Broncos game? 
Good news, bad news, and fake news. Uh, what the hell is this segment? So it's our good, bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yeah. So tell me something that was good for the Broncos, bad, oh. and ugly, but in honor of John Elway, other people in this country using fake news, oh, I... we tell you what was good news, bad news, and fake news. Can you start we... with me? We'll start with your good news. Good news. I saw four things that were Well, you're classic. only allowed to pick one. It's my damn show. I'm going four. <laughs> the tight ends involved in the passing game again. That was good. You know, everybody Still wondered, where's news. Jeff Hyerman? He was pretty good last night. Where, where's A.J. Derby? He was pretty good. Where's Virgil Green? He was pretty good last night. That's good news. Trevor Simeon, in my opinion, good news. Brock Olivo, who gets killed by Manchester. Special teams won the game last night. I don't Great kill the news. guy. I said you. No, 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 kill no. Him. No, I said Ron Zapolo saying how he's got all these great schemes. It was premature. How'd they Let's do last see night? something. How special teams do? Is McKin- that good news? Well, they missed a fifty-yard field goal. Is- McKenzie made a nice return. How the special great. teams play? That was great. Are we watching the same game? I'm just curious. I just said it was great. I'm sorry that I actually want to see a guy do something before I just proclaim how great he is. That is my good news. Manchester, do you have any? Let's move on to Will Well, you used every piece of good news. (laughs) Go ahead, Manchester. Do you have anything? Yeah, I have some good news for you. Go ahead. Bradley Roby looks to be back. I know he got a little bit of a bogus P.I. call on him. Well, by the way, I didn't see the replay. Was that indeed a P.I.? It looked like the guy tripped to me. It, it, there was a little context. Was there a little Ginobili? Inc- it looked a little more incidental Did he Ginobili that? But that route he jumped on the pick at mm-hmm. the start of the third quarter, Bradley Roby wasn't great last year. I think we can all agree on that. Roby looked to me like a guy who knows he's in an important year for his future, and that pick to me was good news last night. The good news for me, and and, and we kill fans in this town a lot. It's normally Vic's deal for not showing up or for rooting for the other team or for wearing the opposite team's colors or whatever the case may be. The best news last night was just being in a in an arena or a stadium in this town and seeing it just filled with people rooting for the home team. That was cool. There were no Charger fans I saw there, like three. I saw three and I, and I asked them. I actually walked up to one of them and said, how do you root for the charges when you know they when they, they move? Mailed. Yeah, what, what what do you do? What what do you do with your hands? <laughs> I thought that was great news. We just we see it at Rockies games, we see it at Nuggets games, we see it at Avs games, we see it at a lot of Broncos games. The invasion of the road. Fans. Exactly. Last night there was none of that. It was a sea of orange. That place was loud. Great job, Broncos fans. I thought you were phenomenal last night, especially considering that game kicked off at 8.30. It was a great job. All right, so that's good news. Bad news category. I told you in my hot take, I did not like the way they dialed down the offense when it was 24-7. to I've always felt, man, those games are never over, especially with Phillip Rivers, clearly. You got the ball at midfield. Midfield! You got to get at least a field goal out of that. You make it a four-score game, it's over. Instead, they go run up the middle, run up the middle, screen, interception, whole new ball game. Did not like the strategy employed there I, at all. I think you're being unfair to Mike McCoy. When they got down there and were in field goal range, they went pass, pass, and got sacked both plays. When they when they were at midfield, they threw a pass that got intercepted. And when they had the ball in their three-minute offense to try and run out the clock, they called a pass, and Trevor Simeon threw it out of bounds to Different stop the clock. Different circumstances. Understand uh. the time and situation. When it's 24-7, it's... You're talking about when it was 24-21. You're talking I, I, I about... I talked about three yeah. different series I'm in the fourth quarter when Trevor Simeon did nothing. I'm talking about 24-7 when the ball is on your... 
your side of the field. Your quarterback's feeling it. Let him go. Okay, so it's let Mike, him eat. So let me, offensive line and Mike McCoy. That's the people we're, we're blaming so far. Hey. Mike, I thought Mike McCoy's play calling early was imaginative and creative I agree. I agree. and very, very good. I agree. And okay. then he stopped. So he made Trevor Simeon look good, but then when he was calling pass plays and Trevor Simeon failed to do anything, it was it was Mike McCoy's fault. Or the turn, HW. Okay. okay, just making sure I got it. I think the bad news is that Emmanuel Sanders continues to get overthrown by an inch or two by a different quarterback. Didn't Emmanuel Sanders last night looked a lot like Emmanuel Sanders looked in 2015. He Peyton made Manning. that outstanding catch and run for the first down yep. when it was third down. But that was the only play he made on Caught it on one sideline. You're right. That was the only play that is of he significant. He had three catches for 26 yards, Vic. Emmanuel Sanders last night on the first touchdown has got to find a way to start making those catches. What do you want him he to got, do, grow? He got two hands on the ball, and I <laughs> felt like it was deja vu all over again oh. to 2015 wait, with wait, Peyton Manning wait, wait, overthrowing wait. him by an inch every time. And you know what? At some point, it's an Emmanuel problem and not a QB okay. problem because we're watching yep. the same damn movie. Sure, okay, so let me let me continue my list. Offensive line, Mike McCoy, and now Emmanuel Sanders for not being taller. Okay, got it. But got at, it. at some point, is he going to make a diving no. catch? Got it. When's the last time Emmanuel Sanders made a diving I got catch? It. That's I got my it. bad news. Tell you what my bad news is. And everybody, all I've heard for months, hey, this offensive line is going to be better. And I, I just kept saying, based on what? They have a rookie left tackle. Hey, he had penalty flags coming his way. They they got two guys uh, uh, in the free agent market that are essentially just like they got last year. And Russell Okung and Donald Stevenson, it didn't work out. Menelik Watson was brutal last night. He struggled. Ronald Leary got hurt. They, they got rotating left guards. They, they can't figure out who they want to play there. Their center is coming off double hip surgery. Their offensive line last night was not particularly good. Did either of you guys look at that group and go, yep, this is better than what they had last year? Not necessarily. No. Okay. It seemed like more of the same. To me, guy. that was bad news. Same old, same old from the offensive line. I, I thought overall, though, besides a holding call, would you admit that Garrett Bowles looked pretty good? He was pretty, he was, yeah, he was pretty good. That block downfield to help release Emmanuel Sanders was a hustle play, but he, he held his own. Well, and according to you, they were going against the fearsome foursome slash the purple people leader, so... He did a phenomenal I've already job. asked you to identify another team on the Broncos schedule that has a better front. You can't. It's the best front for him football. Well, you've yet to identify one, so I guess we'll leave Find it at that. Find me an offensive line they're going to face that's better than the one the Cowboys are bringing in. Fake news. What is your fake news? Fake news from last night is pretty simple. Uh, Trevor Simeon played well. Well enough to be this team's quarterback for the rest of the season without any debate at all. So anybody saying anything different, they're just fake news galore. That's all I have to say on that subject. Uh, my fake news is that Adam Gotsis can't play football. Adam Gotsis actually looked pretty good last oh, yeah. night. Oh, yeah. And well, I know, that's another guy I Manchester know it's just, said. I know it's just one game, but Adam Gotsis was good last Manchester, night. Manchester, didn't you tell us that Gotsis, you promised, you vowed it that Gotsis would fall flat on his face last night. When did I say that? You said it yesterday. I'm sure Jesse can find it. I don't it. think Gotsis is a very good football player. Okay. But you're the one who he said did have at the a good end of the game show. last night, though. He did have a good okay. game. Okay. Fine. He played fine last night. Did he dominate the game? I wouldn't call it dominate. No. Okay. You, you said that Adam Gotsis, you'd come into the show this morning and talk about how Adam Gotsis got worked. He didn't get worked. He didn't get worked at all. <laughs> That's not what I said. You yes, know what? You did. I can't, let's see what he does against the Cowboys offensive line. Because according to you two now, he might book his book his flight for Honolulu in February. <laughs> He's going to the Pro Bowl. I'm just Adam giving a little Gatsis. I'm just giving a little credit where credit's due. Uh, Gotsis okay. overachieved last Let night. Let me tell you what the fake news is. Mm-hmm. And, and and Vic, you set it up perfectly for me. Go ahead. He had a guy go 17-28 for 219 yards, two touchdowns, 
a bad pick in the fourth quarter, what should have been a pick in pick six in the first quarter that was an awful throw, the kind of throw you see from a rookie quarterback. And after that performance, when he had three straight drives in the fourth quarter where he blew it and, and, and helped let the Chargers back in the game, you declare him the starter for the rest of the year. And it's not even close. You know what fake news is? Yeah. Fake news is that Trevor Simeon was great last night. Trevor Simeon last night was fine. He was fine. Why can't we just be honest in this town? I'm not going to come on here and tell you he was awful, but I'm going to point out his good throws, the Virgil Green throw, very good. But you know what? If you're going to rely on throwing a, a three-yard pass to Emmanuel Sanders on the right side of the field and he's going to weave through all 11 defenders and get all the way to the left side of the field and get a first down, if that's what you're going to rely on, you ain't going anywhere. Let's just be honest. He made some nice throws. He made some god-awful throws. He was fine. He wasn't great. The fake news, Trevor Simeon was great last night. That is balderdash. You got the Vic Lombardi Show, Akib Tlaib. Coming up at 8.15, we are live from the Ridge of Castle Pines North for the Avs Charity Golf Tournament. Back with more right here on Altitude 950. Altitude 950 is your home for great sports talk. And let me say this before we get going about the game. The young lady who sang the national Woo! anthem last night from Broomfield High School. Yes, She sir. did the same thing at the John Lynch Salute the Stars luncheon. I got to meet her then. And she knocked it out of the park then. And last night, I would consider that. Was Jay, is Jake Schroeder, Schroeder going to be out here today? I don't know. Because he's I like was, the king of that. That would make sense. Because that young lady, that was the best national anthem I have ever heard at a Broncos game. It was ever. phenomenal. She nailed it. A high school student. Yes. She's a senior in high school. Yes. My senior in high school, I was trying to sneak Keystone Light into basement parties. Oh, I had. Boy, the game was in, in firm control, you know, for about three quarters there. And we felt good. But you turn them all over twice, you know, on uh, on the short side of the 50, it, it's, it's going to be a problem with Phillip Rivers. And that was the deal. Um, as far as icing the kicker, I had two timeouts, so I wasn't going to, you know, leave with those in my pocket. You know, so it makes it just ice the kid and see how he reacted. Vance Joseph last night, he's 1-0. He is 1-0 as the Broncos head coach. In fact, there's only one rookie Broncos coach or new coach as the Broncos who's lost his opener. Do you know who that coach is? Of course I do. It's John Fox. <laughs> I, I had to ask you, HW. <laughs> who is that coach? John Fox. They've Don't won, miss that guy. They've won 17 out of 18 home openers. Oh. That was the easiest pick of all time. I don't know. Judging from some of your concerns yesterday. What was my pick? Well, your, your pick. You have the Broncos the, going 6-10. and 10. The Broncos plus 2.5. You're taking the Cowboys, right? Uh, easiest pick of all time. Hey, you know, I'll say Without this about the Cowboys. I'll say this about the Cowboys. We saw, like, three Chargers fans last night. Three. And you mentioned how the atmosphere, you were at the game, it was electric, mm -hmm. right? And, and I agree. That was as, as cool as it gets for an opener for any game. Next week, just understand this, it's going to be different. No doubt. All right, listen, I, I'm a Denver guy. We're all Denver. We're born and raised. We are proud Denverites. Next week, that stadium is going to be overrun with Cowboy fans. And I guarantee you, on Monday morning, we're going to jump on this radio show, and we're going to complain, and we're going to talk about why there are so many Cowboy fans in our fair city. That's just the way it is. It's like Notre Dame. It's uh, Georgia Notre Dame last week. You witnessed it firsthand. Cowboy fans travel. They're going to be at the game. And you're going to see maybe a quarter of the stadium will be Cowboy fans. Is that fair? Ooh, that's a, that's a big percentage. I think you will see a quarter 
And, and there's nothing wrong. Don't before people go. Oh my God. There's that's just the way. What's business? That's supply and demand. Cowboy fans travel. They will pay extra for tickets. I know the Broncos are trying to stop all that stuff. You're going to see Cowboy fans in your stadium. That's just the way it works. Well, you know, I don't blame Notre Dame fans for selling to, to Georgia fans. If you can get $2,500 for your ticket, you pay for the rest of your yes. season. I mean, you're, you're basically going for free at that point. You're not going to get probably that kind of money for your Bronco ticket. But if you can get $500 for something that's normally 100 and you basically pay for four games... Why would you not do that? I don't have a problem. Listen, with that. man, uh, it's no surprise that there were three Chargers fans last night. No, I mean, who the hell roots for the Chargers? Exactly. Right? I mean, that's a, you're going to see an infestation of these arrogant, loud Dallas Cowboy fans. They're all, they live among us right now. They're not too far away. That's what you're going to see on Sunday. So, fair warning, that's what you're getting. Let's get to the text line because we've got, now I want you guys, when I read these texts, don't fly off the handle, okay? Let, let's just read. Well, I, I've got it here, too, so I, I can read a few, Can we just too, read these texts? I don't think that was a, directed at you guys. Oh, no, no. Okay. I got some my way, too. Uh, this one's from Nash. The Cowboy game will look like a Steelers game. You're exactly right. Cowboys I would, I would agree with Nash. Uh, here's the next one. James, your shtick is getting old. I can't listen anymore. Bob. Bob, you know you're going to listen. Bob, don't threaten us like that. I will, uh, uh, and I'm not going to fly off the handle, yeah. but... What did Bob want me to say when they won the game by the almost exact score I predicted? He wants me to come on here today and say, I was wrong because I was right? Okay. I, I don't understand what... what I, think, I think it's your tone. Because I'm not doing cartwheels down the, the golf cart path here because he threw for 219 yards? I think it's your face. It, 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 because that... That should have been pick six that was an awful throw. You just that, have a punchable face. It, it was a Blake Bortles-type pass that I, I don't just dismiss it because the guy dropped the ball. All right, next text. Uh, this one's from uh, 9538. Is H.W. drunk? Look at what Mike McCoy did last year in San Diego. He blew leads because he doesn't know how to close a game. Great point. Okay, do you want to go back to Rick Dennison, Texter? I'll take Mike McCoy all day. I'd take that kid from that movie Little Giants over Rick Dennison, too. Give me a break. This one isn't wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Which guy has a Super Bowl ring as a coordinator? You're, you're all your ring you, guy. You, you think, no, no. Rick, you think no, no. Rick Dennison? No, no. I'm just using your normal score. Anytime that ring anything ring? to do with the Broncos winning the 2015 Super Bowl? Okay, I you'd just, have a ring if you were the Broncos' offensive coordinator just, that year. I'm just seeing when again when we use your your and Brock Osweiler has a ring. Trevor Simeon has a ring. Okay. Just, I'm I mean, just asking. You don't like Simeon at all? Do you want me to pull the ring argument? Because he's got a ring. Hey, okay. what's your what's your take? It's not on... my argument. It's your argument. Can I ask you guys right, this? Right, but apparently, I, okay. Off Go subject, on. and I know Go I've gone down it. this. What's your what's your take on people that didn't play or coach owning rings, Super Bowl rings? I think it's weird. I think it's fine if you own them. I think it's a little weird if you wear them. I think it's the weirdest thing in the world. I would I, listen, man. We work for Cronky Sports. I do Nuggets pre and post. If the Nuggets were to win an NBA championship, I would not wear a no, ring. I, I have nothing to do with the you're, game. You're a broadcaster. I mean, that, I, I just, I've never understood how people associated with the team that don't play or coach. What the hell are you wearing a ring for? I worked for the team, in, in, and I was there for the for the Broncos in 2002, three, and four. I then left to go start Mile High Sports. And they went to the AFC title game in 2005. And part of me sitting there going, gosh, dang it, they're going to get a ring the season after I left. Because I would have got one. I would have taken that sucker. What do you, Heck, you, yeah. what, what are you going to wear it? 
I, don't, I was I was an employee uh, of the team. I would feel awkward. Wouldn't but whatever. Worn it, but I'd have Let's shown move that on. Thing off at my home bar. Justin says here on the text line three zero nine three three is the Ream Pro Partners text line. If Simeon was great last night, quotes, what was Manning in his seven TD game? Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good point. If phenomenal was last night, mm-hmm. what would that game against the Ravens have been? That and that's my only point. Because what what did I say, yeah, Trevor but see, Simeon? Your stand, you, again, your standards, your stand. You compare no. every. Y- yes, you no. do. You compare every quarterback to Peyton Manning and John Elway, and that is. You know what that is? That's like a that's a seven year old. No, it's no, it's yeah. not. Vic. That's like that's like my aunt Vic. making. That's like my my late great my great grandmother who didn't understand the game. You know you can't make those comparisons. No, here's the analogy. Roseanne Barr comes and sits down. If I call her a ten. What do I? What, how do I score Kate Upton when she's when she's James, the next interview? James, what how you, do I score it? Here's what you're missing. Call a four a four. Here's what you're missing. In many guys' eyes, Rosa and Arnold is a ten. Fine. It depends on your perspective. I'm not criticizing you for being a four. <laughs> I'm not criticizing you for hey, a four is what I can get. What I'm saying is, yeah. let's not call a four a ten, especially when we know what a ten looks like. That's uh, all I'm saying. Bronco fans act like they've been out to sea for two years and they just came into port. Uh, from Louis, Luis in Louisville. I gotta get that right, by the way. Is it Louis or Luis? Is there an O or no O? No O. Is it Luis? Okay. Luis Luis says, uh, hey, Menelik Watson got worked by Melvin Ingram. Uh, On consecutive plays, he got, I'm telling you, Menelik Watson, it it just didn't look right. He didn't look right. Garrett Bowles played better than Menelik Watson. I would agree. That can't be good. Your yeah, but, rookies but all, play better. But all I've heard for months, because I'm Mr. Negative, was that Menelik Watson was a big upgrade, and I said, okay. I want to see that he's better than Russell Okung or Donald Stevenson. Was he last night? Well, Rex Ryan called Russell Okung one of the best left tackles in football. Uh, Almost vomited. How many times did you hear Von Miller's name last night? Dude, did you watch the game closely? Von Miller got doubled on almost every okay. single pass. So point. you want to know what my bad news was? Yes. Is that without Shane Ray, without DeMarcus Ware, Getting some attention. Von Mil- Von Miller's going to have six sacks this year. Von Good. Miller was did nothing last night. Broncos had no pass. This rush. one's from Coach Jones, who always agrees with you. Coach Jones just writes in, I will admit that Trevor actually looked decent last night. Decent? Fine. What did I say during good news, bad news, and fake news? I said Trevor Simeon was fine. He was a five last night. Let's not act like he was a ten. Why is that such a preposterous take? I'm not on here saying Trevor Simeon was terrible. I'm on here saying here's the good things he did, which I pointed out repeatedly. Here's the bad things he did. There's just no middle ground in this town. You either think everything Trevor does is perfect or you're a hater. Okay, whatever. Uh, 3732, when I see you three dudes, I'm going to slap one of you. So you decide now which one it's going to be. I'm on my way. HW. 3439, James, be honest. Did you catch Trevor Simeon letting his dog poop in your yard or something? That's from Cuban Benny. He, Trevor Simeon seems like the kind of guy that would let, let let his dog do his business in your yard and just think, huh, I'm sure everybody loves my dog just like just like I do. Hey, got a, lot of, it. got a lot of people on the text line saying, quit yelling over each other. Don't yell. I don't want yelling. Hey, if I want to yell, I'll yell. <laughs> We're outdoors. Doesn't that make it seem easier to yell? I, I have to yell now. <laughs> We're at the uh, Av Charity Golf Tournament, the Ridge of Castle Pines North. We'll talk to several Avalanche players coming through. But up next on the show, every Tuesday, right here on Altitude 950, it is Akib Tlaib. Coming right at you.
All right, we're going to hook up with Aqib Tlaib shortly. The Vic Lombardi Show on location this morning. We are live here at the Ridge of Castle Pines North for the annual Colorado Avalanche Charity Golf Tournament. They've been doing this since 1997. Raised over a million dollars for Crocky Sports Charities and Community Programs. By the way, fellas, Sergio Dip has responded to all of the criticism he has faced over the last 12 hours. I can't wait to hear what he had to say. And, and let me say this. You know that his biggest supporters are whom? Who, who, who are Sergio Dip's greatest supporters right Fellow now? Broadcast. Fellow broadcasters. Exactly. Fellow sideline reporters. When I saw that, I cringed, yeah. and I quickly went to the Twitter machine and defended the poor chap. Because I didn't feel it was his fault. He should not have been put in that situation by ESPN and the producers. But apparently, he's mad. So he had some reaction via Twitter that we will play for you shortly. Sergio speaks. Now, text line, based on what we just said in the last segment. According to PFF, Pro Football Focus, you may be on top of that or not. I don't Some Pro Football Focus stuff is just, yeah, whatever, trash. Shaq Barrett had six pressures last night, one sack on 27 pass rush snaps, where he was mostly facing one-on-one pass sets. Rivers was throwing early and off schedule most of the day. Vaughn doesn't need a sack to make an impact. Watch the games, Manchester. They're more fun when you pay attention to the details. Signed, Brett Ineri. Okay, they had one sack last night total as a team. One sack. One sack. How many games did they have one sack when Wade Phillips was the uh, defensive coordinator? This How one... many games did they have one sack when DeMarcus Ware was here, when Shane Ray was here? If you think not having DeMarcus Ware and not having Shane Ray doesn't have a negative impact on the pass rush, yeah, fine, I'll watch the game. They had one sack. Shaq Barrett had a nice night. Von Miller was non-existent. What about that is incorrect? Here's one from 0459. The team was 8 of 15 on third down. 8 of 15. That would be the best in the NFL. That's on the QB, James. I said he was really good on third down in the first three quarters, and he was awful on third down in the fourth quarter. It, what about that is inaccurate? What about that's inaccurate? Uh, but, but, but here's the thing, Vic. Here's the problem. Everybody, when it, when the, the Trevor supporters just want to point out the good things Trevor did, and you can't mention the bad things. I come in here and I point out both, because what did I just say? He was great on third down in the first three quarters, and he was terrible on third down in the fourth quarter. Factually accurate. I come on here and say that, and I'm a hater. That's the problem I have with this thing, is you can't say anything that anybody takes a slightly negative. All right, let's go to the hotline and welcome in, as he joins us every Tuesday on the show, the Akib Tlaib Show. Akib, first of all, congratulations, man. 1-0 is 1-0. You guys got to be happy with that. Yeah, man. We're, a win is a win, man. We'll take it. Hey, we, we've been talking, and we'll get into every aspect of the game last night, but we've been talking recently about the play of uh, Trevor Simeon. What, what did you think of your quarterback and the way he performed last night? I thought Trev played great, man. Uh, you take out the the tip ball interception in the fourth quarter, man. He almost had a perfect game to me. So uh, it was it was a it was a great game by Trev. Uh, it was a misfortunate interception, and there was really nothing he can do about that interception. So, man, he played great to me. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because all over Twitter, people saying, "Hey, that was a that should have been a PI. That that was illegal." Can you what is legal in that situation when a quarterback is throwing a screen and it's behind the line of scrimmage? Are you allowed to blow that thing up? Well, I mean, evidently you are, but I thought if you grabbed the guy, if you grabbed the receiver, the ball was in the air. 
I thought it would have been a flag. I mean, uh, I feel like I, I've had that flag thrown on me in the past. Uh, it wasn't thrown. And, uh, I mean, I guess it's legal, man. I, I guess they talked to the ref about it. I guess he said it was behind the line of scrimmage. I guess he said it was legal. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really not even sure. I, th- I thought it would should have been a flag. Yeah, for as often as you see that bubble screen in the league these days, I guess anything goes. If the ball's behind the line of scrimmage, just go right after the guy. We saw the effects of that. Now, let, let me ask you, the defense late in the game, you made the necessary plays to win the game, but overall, were you happy with the way the defense performed? Do you think you could have done something different in the fourth quarter? We didn't execute like, like we can. Like we like we know we can late in that game, uh, just really on two drives, two touchdown drives that they had. Uh, we didn't execute like we know we can. Uh, we 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 had good calls on defense, and and we just wasn't doing a good job. So that's on our part. Are those communication issues, uh, Lee? Because I saw on a couple occasions, you know, Chris talking to Justin, you talking to, Dan, you know, you guys talk obviously, but were those communication breakdowns? Uh, I don't even think it was communication breakdowns. I think it was just the execution of the call that Joe Woods called. Uh, we just didn't execute right, man. Uh, it was it was one guy off, and uh, for the defense to work right, man, all eleven guys got to be on the same page. And if one guy is off, uh, it's not going to work right, and that's kind of what happened late in the game. So, what were you doing early in the game that kept Philip Rivers off his game? Because you until the fourth quarter, man, he couldn't get anything going. <laughs> Uh, we executed, man. Joe Joe had some great calls, man, and uh, all eleven guys were on the same page. The rush matched up. The rush matched up with the coverage, and uh, we was able to we was able to play good defense early. What do you notice the biggest difference between the way Joe Woods calls a game and your former defensive quarter coordinator Wade Phillips? What's the biggest difference you noticed last night? Uh, it was it was very. Joe had a little bit more zone sprinkled in, and, uh, but at the same time, I can't even really say that we played a bunch of man last night, and uh, it was real similar, man. Joe had his own style, but I, I can't even really pinpoint it right now. I I really have to sit down and study old old games that we called and, and new games, for, like the one game Joe Woods just called, and uh, I really have to sit down and study it, man. Off the top of my head, man, I, I really can't yeah. even see a difference. Hey, didn't that game feel very much like the opener last year, Akeeb? I mean, last year you beat Carolina mm-hmm. on a field goal miss late, and they had to stop the game with a timeout late. I mean, it, it felt like the same exact result, same game. It did, man. Uh, it, felt, it felt real similar uh, all the way down to the wire. But that's the NFL for you, man. A bunch of games come down to that last possession. And, uh, I mean, if you could if you could take a poll, I bet, I bet it's, more than 60% of all NFL games come down to that last possession. So that's the NFL for you, man. Hey, um, one of our guys mentioned he was at the game, he was in the stands, and he he said that the, the fans were into that game more than than he can remember. Back back when Tebow won it in the playoffs, he hadn't seen the game like that at that stadium in years. Did you get that sense from the field? Were the fans more into that game than any game you can remember? I did, man. Broncos country was great, man. Uh, they were they were involved and uh, they were loud. So, man, it was it was great. It was it was great to be a part of. It. All right, um, you're one and zero, and a lot of people went into that contest saying the Chiefs won on the road. They beat the Patriots. 
The Raiders won on the road. This is a must-win for the Broncos. I don't think there's any must-wins until they're must-wins. But how did you feel? Did you feel the pressure of having to win that game last night? Is that the approach you took? I mean, we didn't want to fall. You never want to fall behind in a division like that. So, man, we got six division games. You want to go to 6-0. So, every one of them are super important. And uh, and that was just our first one, man. So, I don't, I don't want to put more weight on no division game than, than the other, you know. So, they all important, and that was our first one, and it was it was very important. How do you think Justin Simmons performed, knowing all the emotion that went with the T.J. Ward out the door, friend of yours, no fly zone, a lot of pressure on young Justin Simmons. Overall, how did he play? Man, I think Justin played great, man. Uh, he tackled. He had a couple open field tackles where he was the last guy. He had to make that tackle, so he, he tackled great. He communicated great, um, and I think Justin had a great game. And uh, he got his he got his starting starting NFL career. He got it started off to a good point. Man, I don't know if you even knew who Shelby Harris was until he made the team. But isn't that ironic? Here's a guy who's probably the last hour he makes his squad and he makes a play of the game. How cool is that? Man, very very cool, man. Uh, the whole training camp, man. I'm telling you, Shelby been sticking out like a sore thumb, man. Guys just been talking about him around the locker room, man. He made a bunch of plays the whole the whole uh, the whole preseason. He was he was making a bunch of plays, man. He was probably leading us in sacks. He may have led the NFL in sacks in the, in the preseason. So he's just been sticking out, man, making play after play, man. And then little do you know, he makes the play the biggest play of the season so far, man. And uh, it's just it's just great, man. It just goes to show you, man. It's going to take all fifty three guys. We are visiting with Akeeb Tlaib, as we do every Tuesday on this program. couple more, Akeeb. Here come the Cowboys. And you know what you get with the Cowboys. You're going to get a face full of Ezekiel Elliott in that run game. Uh, what what changes do you need to make defensively to deal with that? Uh, man, no changes, man. We just got to be on their stuff, man. We're going to prepare for it. We got to... Uh... Get get their main runs down and have a good idea what what their main runs are, and uh, be prepared to stop them. Man, it's, it's not going to be a secret, man. It's going to be the most physical team going to win the game. Is that the kind of game where, as a corner, you got to you got to be wary? You, you can't fall asleep out there because you know they're going to run play action. You know that Dak on a couple occasions is going to fake it to Ezekiel and he's going to go outside to Dez. You just got to be wary of that. Definitely, uh, you know it's going to happen, man. Dak is probably going to throw about 19, 18 to 20 passes. And uh, they're going to be important passes in the game. It's going to be deep balls. It's going to be deep intermediate passes over the middle. It's going to be a part of those passes as uh, as defenders in the secondary. So you can't fall asleep, and uh, you just got to have a good idea of what those guys are going to do. Hey, well, listen, man. Uh, I like you said at the beginning, one and zero is one and zero. What was the scene like in the locker room last night? I'm sure Vance Joseph was happy. I'm sure everybody was. But who who got the game ball? How'd that go down? Uh, of course, Vance got the game ball, man. First win as an NFL head coach, and uh, he pulled it out, man. He definitely had us prepared to play sixty minutes, and it definitely took all sixty minutes. So, man, presented with the game ball. After he brought it up after his speech, man, and it was a, it was a great vibe in the locker room after the game. Akeep, congratulations, man. One and zero. Look forward to doing this every week. Keep it up. It's always easier to talk to you after a W, my man. Yeah, it is, man. I appreciate it, man. Looking forward to seeing y'all next week. All right. 
Akib Talib every Tuesday here on Altitude 950. When we come back, we will visit with Tyson Berry, Avs defenseman. We're live here at the Ridge at Castle Pines North. It is the Avs Charity Classic on the road with the Vic Lombardi Show. Come on. All right, welcome back. Altitude 950 on the road this morning with the Avs Charity Golf Tournament live at the Ridge Castle Pines North. And joined now by Avs defenseman Tyson Berry. So you fell asleep like most fans last night when it was 21-7, huh? Yeah, yeah. I watched the, <laughs> the first uh, first bit, and I thought it was done. So I uh, shut it down early because we had the early wake-up. We all thought it was done. I know, I know. I don't know. what What would be a... A safe lead in hockey anymore because they always say the most dangerous lead is a two-goal lead. What's a safe lead? Just curious. Oh, smokes! I think uh, <laughs> if you get up by four or five, you should probably <laughs> you should probably take that one to the bank. But crazier things. Have you? Uh, I was going to ask you what what is the craziest thing you've been a part of on the hockey side in terms of a big lead that's gone bad. Oh, Do you remember big, anything? Oh yeah, big one for me. Uh, I was playing the World Juniors and we were up three nothing against Russia in the final game. Yeah. And going into the third period, and they scored five straight, and we lost. And, and, and three nothing. You're like, okay. Ten, ten minutes left in the game. So what changed? Well, I could tell you. <laughs> I wish I knew, man. I don't know, but that was a tough one. How's your off season? Uh, it was good. A little longer than we'd like, but uh, you know, it was nice to get back to. Uh, I spent my summers in Victoria, BC, a uh, very beautiful part of the world. So I got back there, spent some time with family and friends, and kind of reset. Uh, I, in, in the reset mode. How long does that last before you get down and dirty and say, "Okay, I got to get back in the"? How long does it take for you to be hockey ready again? Yeah, I think I think once the season's done, um, obviously we had a tough year last year, and you just kind of you got to take a month off, I think, and just uh, you know enjoy yourself. Go, uh, you know, like I said, reset with some family, friends, and uh, you know maybe travel a little bit, and then you know once you do that, you can kind of you know focus, uh, kind of refocus on you know what you have to do to get ready for the next year, and um, I think. That was a, a big part of my summer. Tyson, Avalanche fans talk about it all the time, how miserable it must have felt last year for them, for the player. I mean, I can't even, I can't even fathom it. But when, when you say reset, is it physical or is it mental? Which one is, which one's means more for you? Oh, I think, I think it's, it's a balance of both. I think yeah. obviously mentally that was really tough last year, and um, physically, as far as it goes, you just want to put yourself in a position to be, you know, the best player you can be to help your team, and I think that. Uh, a lot of that comes with hard work and preparing yourself properly for uh, for this year. And um, you know, as far as the reset goes, I, we're all tied. We're all tied for first place right now yeah. before the camp starts, and um, we're gonna have a, a young team. And you know, it, it was really that uh, was really really painful last year. So I think none of us want to be there again. So we're gonna uh, really push to you know get back into it. You know what's crazy? You you guys have always been in my eyes a young team. I remember when you were the young core of this team and now <laughs> there's know. people younger than you. What's young anymore? Uh, tell me about it. I, I feel like I you know I'm still young but uh I mean we we're, we're going to have guys coming in who are you know 19, 20, 21 years old who are you know going to have to play big parts on this team. So um I think their energy is going to help us a lot. I think they're going to be really excited to be here and I know we're going to uh you know we're we're going to be excited to have them. I know sometimes young team can be confused with faster team. This you got some speed out there, right? Is this the fastest team you've been associated with here as an Avalanche player? Yeah, we should be flying for yeah. sure. Um, I think that's going to be a big part of our identity, and we want to push the pace on teams. And um, I think you know, with, with how things finished last year, I think teams are going to kind of write us off. So um, we're going to try and push the 
push to play and you know outwork outwork teams every night. We're going to have to. How would you describe the Jared Bednar system? Because I know it takes coaches sometimes a couple years to get it going. But what does he want to do? He wants to play fast. He wants to really push the pace, and he wants to put teams on their heels. And um, I, I think uh, I think we're, we're definitely going to have the team speed to do that this year. And um, I know training camp this year is a, a big uh, focus. Is going to be our you know our work ethic. I think it's going to be a really really tough camp. We got some hard testing, and um, I think that's all all by design. I think he's going to push us to you know if we're playing a team who's maybe better on paper, we're going to have to outwork them. So. I think that's a big part of it. Listen, man, you're an offensive defenseman. Your your butter, your bread is buttered on that side. But does your game have to change to suit his standards, or do you have to do anything differently personally? Well, I think, you know, I, I have to play play the game that you know makes me successful and you know helps the team win. And I think that's definitely uh, geared more toward the offensive side yeah. of it. But um, we can't. We can't give up as many shots as we did last year. We can't, uh, you know, we can't, we can't finish where we did. And a big part of that is, you know, defense. Defense wins games, so uh, we're gonna have to really focus in on that. It'll be a, a like a, a team defense kind of thing. Have you got a chance to skate with Varley at all? How's he look? Looks great. Yeah, he says he's feeling healthy. He feels uh, feels really good coming off that. So um, that's a that's a huge part of uh, our, our team as well. Varley's such a you know a great goaltender, and he's he's kept us in it in the past. Yeah, I was going to say, when he had that magical season a few years ago, how many games did he win on his own? And that's just part of hockey, though. Yeah. That's, you know, he wins games, makes you guys more confident. You're more confident. He's more confident. Works both ways. Yeah, you really, you know, you can feed off each other. And he was, uh, you know, he's an, he's an outstanding goaltender. And uh, he's he's won us uh, more games than I, I care to remember on, uh, you know, any night he can uh, steal you a game. So it sounds like he's healthy. He looks great out there. So. Looking forward to it. Let's talk about the important stuff. How's your golf game? <laughs> Not great. No, it hasn't been good at all. So, looking to dial it in here today. Best golfer on the team? Uh, I hate to say it, but probably McKinnon. How's that possible? He just picked up the clubs two years ago. How's he already the best golfer? Yeah, he caught the bug. He just All he does is take lessons, and he loves to get out there. So, he's always bugging me to get out there. I'm like, Nate, I just need a day off today. <laughs> He's one of those guys that has like 30 lessons a year. Yeah, just exactly. Going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, listen, man, it's good to have you out. Enjoy the round. Enjoy the day. It's perfect out here at the Ridge of Castle Pines North. What's on the schedule then? When do you guys actually get into camp? When do you, when does it all become official? Yeah, this kind of, I mean, this this tournament for me always kind of, you know, kicks it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a day tomorrow just kind of to ourselves. We're going to go do a little skate. And then Thursday is uh, physicals, medical testing, all that. So it's going to be a... Uh, a Thursday fitness testing kickoff. Well, physically, you look good, dude. You look, you've been doing some curls or what? What's going nah, you're on? You're just man? saying that. Yeah, come on, <laughs> in the gym. Yeah. Come on, t- I tried well, it once or twice. Next to me, everybody <laughs> looks big, man. I yeah. mean, even even Kyle looks fit next to me for crying well, out loud. Let's not go that far. Yeah, it's true. It's a good point. I don't want to. I don't want to exaggerate on the radio. Yeah. Tyson, thanks, buddy. Hey, thank you. Very That's much. Tyson Berry, everybody. Uh, Kyle Keith just arrived, so now the uh, relative. Uh, well, I don't want to say anything bad about the guys right next to me. You're listening to the Vic Lombardi Show. We're live here at Castle Pines North, the ridge where the Avs are set to play in their annual charity golf tournament. We come back, we'll sit down with the Broncos outsider himself, and we'll discuss what happened last night at Mile High Stadium. Back after this timeout. We're live here at the ridge of Castle Pines North for the Avs Charity Classic. They've raised over a million dollars for Cronky Sports Charities. We've got with us right now. Newly engaged, Gabriel Landeskog, the captain. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. And to your left, 
Um, you're going to inter- interpret for us. You're going to be our translator because I don't know if this guy speaks English half the time. <laughs> our very own Broncos outsider, Kyle Keefe. Did you know this? I'm a Broncos outsider. Yeah. You're not an insider. Means- an outsider. Oh, I know. So he knows, not he knows so little. He knows so little that we call him oh. the outsider. <laughs> I just thought it wasn't. He just wasn't welcome to the practice. No, no, right? no. He can go whenever he plays. He was at the game last night. I was. Dude, how much sleep are you working on? Not much. And I'll tell you, you know what it's like to get an Uber at 11? You Uber everywhere, don't you? <laughs> well, you have to. Yeah. But do you know what it's like to get one out of the Bronco game? Oh, God, good That's luck. Yeah. It's $800 for one mile. Gabe, have you been, have you been to Mile High Stadium? Have you I been have. to a game? Yeah, I used to live downtown. So oh, okay. I, uh, so you know what We'd go quite a bit, yeah. I, I was debating on going last night, but I wanted to be in uh, better shape than Kyle is this morning. Oh, I don't blame you. This is serious stuff. It's yeah. a golf tournament. Yep. You want to so win this uh, thing. I watched it at home in my basement, which was just as nice. Yeah, so did you turn it off at 21-7 like Tyson did? Tyson said he went to bed at 21-7. It was over. No, I didn't. I switched TVs, though. I went from my basement up to my, my bedroom and watched. Oh, you can't do that. that. See, you're the well, You can't I, switch televisions. I know, but then I also was I was sitting there. I, I yeah. was cheering them on. I was very enthusiastic about the way they were playing. Obviously, got a little excited, but I, I didn't lose faith So, at Kyle, point. you didn't see this. You guys, did, you, did you see Sergio Dip? The great Sergio Dip, the the sideline reporter. No, you, you oh, didn't I, see this. I wait, 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 is this the guy that was this the greatest <laughs> sideline reporter? Ever? Okay, so Jesse's got it. Jesse's got it. You got to listen to this. All right, this is, and I feel horrible for this guy because you and I are the same way. <laughs> right, we feel for our brethren in this business. Right. Well, I saw it on CBS this morning. It said the okay. greatest sideline report ever. Ever. So this poor chap who works for ESPN Deportes, right? English is a second language, yeah. much like yourself. English is a second language. And he's forced into this sideline role, and they don't set it up. They don't say anything. They don't say this guy's on on borrow. They're borrowing from the other side. They put him on the air, and this is what happens. Listen to Sergio Dip last night making his ESPN Monday Night Football debut. Go ahead, roll it. It's been a couple of hours now. Trying oh, this isn't to it. Digest what just happened. No, no, today. no. I want to hear. I want to hear the actual broadcast, if you don't mind, Jess. Let's hear the actual broadcast. This that was him explaining what I know. What I I don't understand. What was it live on air? Oh, live on air. It was. I didn't. I had to replay it. I had to rewind and actually. Everybody did. Because I didn't know what was going on. Everybody did. He was saying or whatever. But it's my second English. My second language too. So I can, I can. can Well, it's my second language as well. (laughs) But you've been speaking English for twenty years. Yeah. I've been see- speaking English for 45, yeah. so it's a different deal. This guy sounds like he's been speaking English for 10 months. Let's play it one more time. Sergio Dip last night. Oh, hold on. They're still looking for it. His la- Wait, hang on. So his last name is Dip? Yeah, Sergio Dip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was part of the fun. This guy's a superstar in the making. I'm telling you, this was just his... Coming out Am party, I out of I'm a job you. now? Is it- I'm telling you, like with the between the name and the, just the way his, yeah. I mean, we're gonna have to listen, but yeah. I mean, it, but we'll get it. Know, it, this it, the, this the can turn is, into something great. The name is what gives it away. Dip. How is it? Dip. Listen, do we have the sound or do we not? Because we'll go on. All right, we got it. Let's play Sergio last night. Beth, coach, it's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close, just watching Coach Vance Joseph from here. You watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL. And here he is, having the time of his life this night, making his head coaching debut. <laughs> I had to cringe. 
It was worse when you saw the facial expression. Vance Joseph? <laughs> no, this guy, Sergio. Did he say he's the, the having the time of, of his life? Of his life. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Come I, on, I don't even, man. See, I, I still don't know what to think of it. Like it I don't know what. Do, am I supposed to laugh or cry? It makes me I mean, nervous, Gabe. <laughs> I just, you know, we're in this business. You don't want to put yeah. people in that situation. Hey, th- there was one time. I'm not kidding you. There was one time where I, we were. I was supposed to interview somebody from the Washington Capitals, yeah. and I asked for like Ovechkin or somebody like that. And they're like, "Yeah, we'll go get him." And then they brought somebody out <laughs> that I didn't know who it was. Oh, no. Okay, and he was Russian, but I couldn't see the back of his jersey, oh, no. so I didn't know who it was. And they're like, "Here you go." And I went. Do you like hockey? <laughs> <laughs> dude, I didn't know who it was. Dude, yeah. back in 19, 1999, I was back in this market for the first time, and it was my first live broadcast, and I was out at an Avs game, and I was supposed to be interviewing Adam Foote, and they brought me Adam Deadmarsh. And for some reason in my head, I kept wanting to call him Adam Foote. So three times I called Adam Deadmarsh Adam Foote. And finally at the end of the interview, he goes, by the way, I'm Adam Deadmarsh. Oh, my. <laughs> You feel like a fool. Well, you've been great on the blue line tonight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you should be a broadcaster. Seriously, Gabe. You've got a stronghold of both languages. Both. What do you speak better, Swedish or English? I, I don't know. I think at this point in my life, I speak my English is better than my my no, Swedish. That's debatable. I, yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, no, but I go back. I go back in the summertime and like. I'm looking. I'm constantly searching for words. I can't. Takes like, time. For some reason, I keep using English words because it's just. <laughs> easier because at this point i mean i you know i it took me a couple of months and when i lived in canada but then you start dreaming in english you start thinking in english oh, and you like, start dreaming in english well it's like it's automatic you wake <laughs> up and you talk to somebody first thing you think about is just english words popping up in your head hey, and I, I was talking to my dad on the to, way to the i get to go to sweden with gabe oh when is the trip this year well, we go to Jersey and then New York, right? Yeah, and then the Islanders, and then we fly to Sweden, I think, on the 6th of November. And then Dude. we play 10 and 11. How many tickets do you have to purchase for that trip? Just curious. A lot. Right now, I I have this list that I'm... And I'm just trying to, keep tra- trying to keep track of everybody that I've promised tickets yeah. and everybody that's asked me and, and everybody that I want to bring, but it's like it's getting close to 50, 60. What, what's your hometown? Just outside of Stockholm. I mean, Stockholm is considered my hometown. It would be like I'm from Chair Creek, but okay. I'm, you know, like from our band. Yeah, who's yeah. Mo- so when you and Carlson go there, who, 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 who's the roost? Uh, who's I, I'd hope ro- it. I hope it'd be me. Yeah. I don't know. I'm the hometown boy. He's uh, he's from the west side of of Sweden, oh, west which side. is, which oh. is uh, Gothenburg, and then, uh, but obviously he's the. I mean. Let's be let's be real. He's a bigger stud of the two of us. He's only um, like four foot five, though. I mean, he's not a big guy. Hey, uh, I've seen him in a golf. I've seen him in a golf club. Though. Is golf he good? Club. He's good. He can he hit. It. I brought him out to Cherry Creek last year. I'll tell you. Here's the other thing. I played with Gabe. Yeah. I don't know, two, three years ago, and then yeah. I played with him recently. Yeah, it, it's changed. Like his game. Oh my God! I'm yeah. telling you. Like I think you shot like seventy-seven or something last yeah. time I played with you, and it's. You know when you get dialed in, you know Vic. You yeah. you get you're like, I'm good. Yeah, like I've got it going right now. Yeah. Gabe's got it. Most improved player. Are you really? I'd like to. So Tyson said that uh, McKinnon's the best player on the team, oh, only because he's taken please. 45 lessons. <laughs> oh well, that's because they're best friends. They're, they're always going <laughs> to name each other for those those things. But no, Nate Nate has improved. Yeah. A lot. Well, the guy's playing with like ten thousand dollar clubs. But yeah, he, he looks over every putt for like. 15. Oh, he's oh, yeah. one of those painful guys. Yes. 
You know, he's got to he's got to squat down, go to the other side. What, what's yeah. with this? Yeah. What's this? Yeah, I don't get it either. The plumb bobber. Right? Yeah. I don't get it. I've heard I'm like which eye do you shut? Ex- what are expert, you looking at? Experts on the golf channel say that that is so pointless it doesn't even do it. I'm not sure exactly. Are you looking at the back of your putter? What what know. are you what does it do? Can you imagine an NHL player before a shootout plumb bob? <laughs> hey, we do that. You yeah. got to do it, please. I'm serious. You got to plumb bob the goal. We're talking to Gabriel Landeskog, by the way, the captain who is and I mentioned I introduced you by saying you're newly engaged. Yep. How did that happen? What what went down? Uh yeah, no, it was uh it was actually funny cuz I I had it all planned out. I had yeah. I had to get the ring shipped to Sweden, all this. I, it was bit stressful but um so i had this plan i was we were going to go for dinner we were going to go i was going to take her to this place that we we have in stockholm that's pretty special to us so kind of up on the hillside you can go watch the sunset and chilies (laughs) no (laughs) and then after 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 a bottle of wine between the two of us i offered hey do you want to just go watch the sunset there kind of thing trying to make it spontaneous shuts me down completely she's like no, I'd rather just go to a patio and you know, hang out, whatever. And like, she was more. She was. She had no idea. Come on. She had no idea, but she would just wanted to drink. I mean, she, you know, yeah. we we were enjoying. If I did Friday you. I'd want to drink too. We we just want to enjoy uh, Friday night in the summertime, yeah. and and so I'm like panicking in my head. I had zero plan B. I had no idea. We just started walking around Stockholm, and I'm like pretending to know where I'm going. I'm like, let's go to this bar or this patio, whatever. And then all of a sudden, like Stockholm. You'll see in November, it's kind of built on the water. There's water and canals going right through it. Uh, all of a sudden, she just stops, and it was it was just about getting dark. Sunset was just setting, so she just kind of did it upon herself. She just kind of stopped, and she's like, wow, it's so beautiful here. Meanwhile, she had zero idea. So then I'm like... Did well, you have get- a little poop in your pants? That no, point, but my heart rate was about a 185. <laughs> yeah. So then we ended up doing it there, and... Uh, she was you mean completely asking surprised. her to marry you? I did, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah we didn't do that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. pretty bored. Yeah, no, so it was, but it, you know what? I uh, It turned out ten times better than I could have What did you so. say? What were the words? <laughs> what were the words? Were well, they, I know, but were they in English, Swedish? Yeah, no, they're in, no, they're in English. <laughs> but I mean, uh, did you say, did you get down on the knee? And yeah, so I told her, I, told, I pointed over. Because I had to get her to turn what, around. What were the words? Did you know Prince? <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to get her to turn around because I wanted to be a, sort of a surprise. I didn't want to. Yeah, anyways, I I had it all planned out. didn't work out the way I wanted it. I get her to, I point over to the hotel that we're staying in November. I'm like, oh, just to make conversation. I'm like, that's where we're staying in November. She's all oh, cool, fully turns around. And I'm like, well, this is, this is it. So I drop down on one knee and, oh. you know, I start town or things and and you know uh, all these things that you say when you're proposing i'm assuming um and then uh yeah she was did she cry oh she started bawling right away she was so shocked and um what'd she say did she say yes or my god what do you want to write a book here (laughs) (laughs) she said of course so there's that no it was it was a very intimate very nice moment and uh yeah our family friends are really happy, and we're excited. Is she Swedish or American? No, she's Canadian. Oh, so. she's Canadian. Yeah. So how, what are you gonna, how are you going to deal with the language barrier between English and Canadian? <laughs> I don't know. Some people say I have a little yeah. bit of a Canadian yeah, a little accent, bit of both? I don't know. Hey, so are you ready to play this this year oh, or what? I, what's what's going on? I'm so pumped. Yeah. I, I'm so excited to, to get going and to, um, to obviously learn from last year and the uh, everything that went wrong last year um, and to grow from that as a group, but, but to also just kind of leave it in the rearview mirror and, and move forward. I mean, it's it was a lot. You know, I, I, I don't know who I was talking to. Maybe it was you, Vic. But I said, I'm angry 
this year. I'm going to go into this mm. season angry. And do you do you feel like that's yeah. angry? L- yeah, a little piss and vinegar. Yeah. Yeah, Get I mean, a little pissed off. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, well, you have to be. You right? have to be. I mean, that was embarrassing. What what ended up what happened last year? I mean, it it was whole. You can, I don't think you can really point at one thing uh, and say that was a reason. But uh, I think it was, it just kind of snowballed into something that was was embarrassing to be a part of. And and I feel bad for the fans and and everybody that came and supported us night in and night out and kept being disappointed. But um, I'll tell you what, though, we're. Uh, I mean, we're in this thing together. I mean, I'll, I'll, I've been straightforward from the get-go. I want to be a part of this. I want to be a solution. And and uh, and I think everybody that's here at uh, at this golf tournament today and everybody that's here ready to go, I think everybody's really excited to, to get going and, and to figure out uh, a solution to this problem. And, uh, um, yes, I'm really excited. I'm really, really, really excited. And, obviously, for, for Jared to get a full summer of preparation and things like that, obviously things didn't start off uh, right for – uh, you know, from a coaching standpoint for sure. him last year, I mean, I'm sure that was stressful going into it with like two two weeks. But we're uh, we're really excited. I mean, I, I'm sure you, you guys are as well, and well, I, uh, I hope the fans are too. Gabe, I've always said the key to a successful season it always the energy it starts with the pre and post game hosts, and if the pre game host is flat, if he's stumbling all over the place, yeah. if he's nervous, if he's completely, I mean, un- look at him. Look at him right now. <laughs> how, how do you expect to perform on the ice with that yeah. leading into your broadcast? Because really, ultimately, by like as soon as we step on on the ice, right before the moments, yeah. right before we step off for warm up, we're watching you, Kyle. Really? See? No, no, no way. <laughs> no. Hey, he, was, he was so excited there. Just really? gave Wait, I'll t- I talked with Varley the other day. Yeah. And he goes, you know, because he was injured yeah. a lot, yeah. and he said, you know, I'm watching you and Riker. Yeah, yeah, during the, here. yeah, and you know. Mark can be I honest, say, right? Honest. honest and blunt. And so I said to him, I was like, "So what do you think of the thing?" And he's like, "I like it." Yeah, you know, yeah. he 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 appreciated it, yeah. and I think that's that's healthy to you know. Oh, absolutely. Be be straightforward about. You, what's you know, going what was on. healthy for me this last half hour? I've had conversations with multiple people. Not once did we talk about Trevor Simeon. And um, because I have to deal with Manchester here for the next hour on that subject matter. So. What do you think, Gabe? I thought he was solid. I thought he was great. I thought he was, yeah, he was a stud. I think so too. Yeah. Can you tell that guy that please? stud? I don't, I, I don't know about stud. Okay, for okay, we're talking about we're talking about one game. He was a stud. Yes, as a first impression yes. for the season, he was, he was fine. A stud. Yeah, he was he, fine. I these, thought he was great. He looked. These people nitpicking the I'm hell out of this game. I, I I thought he was I thought he was good. I'm just saying that I. I would, I would, th- I would hope that the Broncos can. Re- it has to be repeated because next week is legit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean that that was Chargers versus Cowboys. So I'm just saying that next okay. week is you're gonna you're gonna find out who you are next week. All right, fine. Nobody cares what you think. Trust me, I'm the outsider. Gabriel, have a good round. Have a good season. Thanks for having Congratulations. me. Congratulations. Thank you. Welcome to the married club. You're not married yet, but welcome to the club. You're close Thank enough. You. Appreciate it, it. Kyle. It's hard. <laughs> it is very hard. You got sure the Bickle and Barty show. We're live from the Av Charity Tournament, the Ridge of Castle Pines North. We're back after this. 50. Altitude 950 is your home for great sports talk. I thought Trev played great, man. Uh, you take out the the tip ball interception in the fourth quarter, man. He almost had a perfect game to me. So uh, it was it was a it was a great game by Trev. Uh, it was a misfortunate interception and. There's really nothing he can do about that interception. So, man, he played great to me. 
Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because all over Twitter, people saying, "Hey, that was a that should have been a PI. That that was illegal." Can you? What is legal in that situation when a quarterback is throwing a screen and it's behind the line of scrimmage? Are you allowed to blow that thing up? Well, I mean, evidently you are. But I thought if you grabbed the guy, if you grabbed the receiver, the ball was in the air. I thought it would have been a flag. I mean, uh, I feel like I I've had that flag thrown on me in the past. Uh, it wasn't thrown. And, uh, I mean, I guess it's legal, man. I, I guess they talked to the ref about it. I guess he said it was behind the line of scrimmage. I guess he said it was legal. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really not even sure. I, th- I thought it, it should have been a flag. And we're hoping to produce better radio. I'm here. I'm here. Not going anywhere. Altitude 950 on the road at the Avalanche Charity Golf Tournament. Of course, we're also talking about the Broncos' debut last night. 1-0. Let's go straight to the hotline. And we just got done talking to our Broncos outsider, Kyle Keefe. Now we welcome our Broncos insider, Jeff Legwald. Jeff, would you rather be on the inside or the outside? Uh, I'll take anything. As long as I'm the Okay, good. All right. Uh, overall, overall, here's my only my my takeaway from last night, Jeff. And again, it's easy to be a coach when you're on the couch, but when it's 24 to seven and they've got the ball at midfield, I thought they could have just iced it then, and they got a little too conservative for my tastes. What was your takeaway? Well, you know, I didn't, I didn't, didn't shock me because I mean, again, you got the human condition here. You got a, you got a first year head coach. In his first game, looking like it's a win, and he he comes from a defensive background. And most coaches I know with that, you know, sort of pedigree, uh, will do exactly what Vance Joseph did last night. You know, the thinking is the defense held him to a hundred yards, one hundred and fifteen yards and three quarters, and that you ought to be able to close it out. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought they should have done a little more before halftime too. You know, I thought they had. You know, a pretty good situation there to try and get maybe a field goal. But that, you know, again, that's, it doesn't stun me. I, I think sometimes in the, these early season games, the first two weeks, especially, nobody plays in the preseason anymore. You know, nobody plays their starters. Yeah. So these first two games are almost like what, you know, that third preseason game used to look like in terms of, of getting people acclimated so didn't shock me but yeah i mean i think when they walk away from that they're gonna say hey that's a that's a situation where you gotta you gotta close it down you gotta get it done uh before we go off the rails and talk quarterback here let, let, let me um i want i'm gonna specify a couple plays where people are questioning the officiating the interception uh that uh, trevor simeon threw that went off a couple people's feet why was that not a PI? I looked at the NFL rules, Jeff, and if it's behind the line of scrimmage, I guess you can blow everything. I asked, I asked Keep to leave about it. He didn't know the answer. Do you know the answer? Why was there not a flag thrown on that play? Well, Vic, I'll just tell you how it was always explained to me. So uh, the short answer is I was always told it had to be a lateral before you could blow the guy up. But, okay. but And then I went back and looked through the rule book I have, and I, I don't see any designation for behind the line of scrimmage, so I may have to go see if there's been some kind of update or something, but I just looked this morning, but I was always told it had to be a lateral, that the, that the ball had to have uh, traveled backward from the quarterback before you could blow the guy up, but you know, again, maybe maybe that's not the case, and I need a refresher course, but uh, 
That was always how it was explained to me by uh, Mike Pereira long ago. Yeah, because I didn't see anybody fighting it. Nobody on the Broncos sideline was in the ref's face. It, they seemed to be like, oh, huh, part of the deal. You know, we all fought it, but none of the Broncos or coaching staff fought it. So I didn't know how the – all right, James, your turn. What You want to ask him about Trevor Simeon, don't you? Well, uh, you know, I, I'm gonna. You know what? I'll give him my assessment yeah. of Trevor Simeon, and, and he can tell me if he agrees or disagrees. My assessment of Trevor Simeon last night, Jeff, was I thought he was fine. I thought he did some things that were very good. I thought in the first three quarters he was really good on third down. I thought in the first half, especially, he, he moved and made some plays with his feet, which we haven't seen. I thought the ball down the middle of the field to Virgil Green was a nice pass, and that's in between the numbers down the field, which we haven't seen. I thought all that was was really good. They were better in the red zone than they've been. So I've got all these things that I thought were, were praise. I also think he had some flaws. I thought the, the dropped pick six could have been a game changer, and that's a dreadful throw. You can't make that throw. That's a Blake Bortles type throw. I thought in the fourth quarter, the back-to-back sacks that made it a 50-yard field goal, the throwing the ball out of bounds and stopping the clock with 2.09 to go, there were some plays that you're just scratching your head going, that's just not going to get it done. My assessment was he was fine. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, what, what what did you want him to be? Perfect. I'm, I'm just tell- no. I'm just telling you what I thought. I'm getting blown up on Twitter about how great Trevor Simeon was last night, and I'm thinking, well, who are we taking down on the facade to put him up there? Because everybody <laughs> wants to put him on the Ring of Fame. Threw for 219 yards, he completed I mean, 17 passes. You see how quickly that just escalated. Well, I, I know. No, but here's know, the thing. He, he I had a very reasonable so take. To be complimentary. <laughs> and... Well, you know, I don't know. You know, you, you know. I guess we could do this every week, where you. Explain to me why the, you know, I know 20 GMs at least who wish they had the guy. I mean, look at the quarterback play this weekend in the league. And, you know, if you got a long line of guys that you could just get in here that are so much better, then okay, have at it. But, you know, the guy is, what, nine and six now as a starter. They don't protect him very well still. And, uh, you know, until they do, we're not going to know exactly what he is as a quarterback. But I think he outplayed Philip Rivers last night. I started the show by saying that, and 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 James disagreed. I, I thought he outplayed Philip Rivers. James' retort was, "Well, who was playing against the better defense?" My retort to his retort was, "That San Diego defensive front is pretty darn star. I don't think the Broncos, Jeff, will see a better defensive front this season. What do you think?" No, that's the, the you know you got to have edge players in the league right now if you're going to play any kind of defense, and they've got that. I mean, Bosa Ingram, that's a quality, you know, tandem. Uh, Liggett's a great player in the middle of the field. I mean, they've got a lot going on up front now. You know, they need a little more at linebacker before they're in the the upper echelon of defenses. But that's what you know. The West is full of. Uh, teams with good edge players so you're going to have to get it done up front you know the Broncos especially you know they're going to have to figure out if you know you're going to leave Garrett Bowles a rookie out uh by himself so often or you know how you're going to how you're going to do things but you know again it's week one and you're just kicking the tires on stuff right now you're you're working through that's why I think it's always tough to have a division game right out of the gate uh because those are the people that know you the best, and, and they can get right after your weaknesses right from the start. 
Uh, your thoughts on Menelik Watson? Because you mentioned the upfront. I, I, I'm a little concerned there. I'm, I'm concerned that the the footwork isn't where it needs to be, and this is a guy who they're really going to rely on uh, for that right side of the uh, of the line of scrimmage. I, Garrett Bowles played better than Menelik Watson. That shouldn't be the case. Yeah, yeah. I think Menelik. He's a. This is a power player, and I think sometimes when he gets in situations where he's isolated, you know, in the open with plenty of space, and then, then I think sometimes it can be an issue. And I and I think they're going to have to to work through that. I mean, I you know, again, he's he's a guy that probably needed to play more in the preseason than he did uh, to get ready. And he's also a guy that's still. You know, for all his talent, he's never really been able to play healthy through a whole season. So developmentally, he's a little behind. But, yeah, the footwork at times, I think especially when the guy gets his outside shoulder and sort of presses the issue, then I think he starts to, to lunge a little bit, and then he gets he gets in trouble. So I think certainly that's something they're going to have to look at. They may even have to, you know, go a little more too tight end even when they don't want to. Because they, they were in three wide an awful lot last night. There were times when that was the uh, Peyton Manning scheme there. You know, Simeon in the shotgun in a three wide set and, and going with a little tempo. Hey, Jeff, in terms of the, the running backs last night, in ter- in CJ getting a certain number of carries, Jamal Charles getting a certain number of carries, is that kind of the breakdown you expect to see as the season goes along? Or is that, hey, this is... First game of the regular season, they didn't play a lot in the preseason. You're going to have to spell guys a little more than you would uh, as the year goes on. How do you see that kind of shaping out? You know, that'll be, you know, Booker, when Booker comes back, I don't think we're going to know the real split until he's back. But Charles played 21 plays last night, which is more than uh, I expected and sort of more than they had sort of outlined as what his role might be. You know, originally it was – 10 to 12 plays, 10 to 15 plays, but, you know, he hit 21 last night, and I, you know, we'll we'll hear from Vance Joseph in a couple hours here, but uh, when, you know, I'm interested to see what his recovery was, how he came in this morning and, and those types of things, but uh, I think right now, that's probably what the split's going to look like, but when Booker comes back, that's where we're all going to find out, you know, how mad the Broncos are going to make fantasy football players all right uh last one jeffrey overall health wise going into this cowboys game because i think we can all agree cowboys bring on a completely different challenge what is ronald leary when you have a concussion uh and i know they take a a very cautious approach what would you think his chances of playing next sunday against his former team i think you're gonna know as soon as tomorrow because you know there's certain benchmarks you gotta hit you know, and you got to clear them with an independent position uh, along the way too. And it's you can't clear than more more than one benchmark in a day. So at minimum, you're looking at a three to four day process at minimum before you're cleared for contact. So if if he's not even past you know the first hurdle tomorrow or Thursday, then I, I don't think they're would be a scenario where he could play on Sunday then. And Darian Stewart, I know he had some, uh, he had a groin strain late. It, 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 does that, I mean, groins, that can linger, man. You know, I, 
Vic, I asked him after the game. He said he didn't think it was – he said it was not a big deal. And then I asked uh, Vance, too, when he was walking out after he he did the podium thing, and he, he said he didn't think it was too serious either. So I think they're hopeful probably be limited, you know, through the week and then hopeful that he can he can play at least some on Sunday. Every Tuesday, Jeff Legwald right here on the Vic Lombardi Show. Jeffrey, thanks for a few minutes. I know you got Vance Joseph coming up later today. We'll get a lot more information then, but uh, appreciate your time. Thanks, fellas. Have fun. All right, guys. That's Jeff Legwald. So just so we get it clear, yeah. I tried to outline a very reasonable take on Trevor Simeon last night. I think it was your tone. The correct response would have been, yeah, that's fair. Right? Yeah. Instead, it was, no, he's the 12th best quarterback in the league. We'll break that down after the break. You got the Vic Lombardi Show. We're here at the Ridge at Castle Pines North, where the Avs are about to tee off here. The annual Avalanche Charity Golf Classic. They've been doing it since 1997. We are live right here on Altitude 950. Guys, I, I, I always keep copious notes during Broncos games. I'd love to get into those. I think we should do those in the next segment. All right. Because we we, we got to get caught up here because we had, we had four straight guests, so we got a short one here. But i I got to follow up on Jeff Legwald's comment that there are 20 GMs in the NFL who would tra- take Trevor Simeon. First blush, what do you guys think? Is he the 12th best quarterback in the NFL? Well, I didn't. That's not how I interpreted his comment. I just because you take a guy doesn't make him a starter. There might be 20 GMs that would take him on their team. Well, I would take him as a backup. I mean, the the point came across to me is, hey, he's the 12th best quarterback in the NFL. I think I can come up with a, more than 11 that are better than him. Well, after week number one of NFL play, Trevor Simeon ranks number four in QBR. Just okay. So, just who, so you know. Who are the top three? I have no idea. Okay. My Alex, guess is, Alex Smith. Yeah. Jared Goff. Yeah. Some guys that maybe aren't going to be there. So you're there. saying that this week is just a fluke Sam Bradford, no, possibly. I think you got to take it with a grain of salt. Okay. And look, I don't know why it's so crazy to have the assessment of, he was fine last night. Why is that so controversial? I agree with you. I agree. I, no, you used the word phenomenal I, in I, the first hour. He made some phenomenal throws. That's what I said. Okay. He made I think he phenomenal made some very throws. Nice throws. No, no, he made phenomenal throws. The throw to Virgil Green was a phenomenal throw. The throw to Benny Fowler was a phenomenal throw. Though I mean, I don't know what what you see, but I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Some throws are good, some throws are poor, some throws are phenomenal. Which is exactly he what I said. He made four phenomenal throws. The throw to Virgil Green, okay, that was a great throw. No other throw he made all night was great. He made just as many awful throws. Awful throws. The should have been pick six was awful. The one that went across the middle that got DT lit up, the ball was bouncing around like a pinball and should have been picked, was awful. The interception was awful. Yes. The throw on third and three with 2.09 to go was awful. Why can we not say both things? I well, just did. No, you just did. Well, what, what, what's we've problem? come around now. What? It's nine thirty, and you finally came around. Can I come out as a neutral observer here? Because you two have been going back and forth all morning. I think what Vic's getting at, and what some of the texters are getting at, was it right away? It was guns blazing with all the bad things he did, and then it was oh, and he did some nice things. And so I think people, four minutes into the show, fans, four minutes into the show, think, you're ripping Trevor Simmons. Think, four well, shouldn't in. we start with the positive because they won the game, and then dive into the negative? I, I think they may have a problem okay. with your order. Okay. That's all I'm getting at. All right, 
fine. But they, the Broncos go up 7 nothing, and I'm getting blown up on Twitter to the point where Twitter is putting a message on my screen that I've never seen before. That's your going, own fault. How do you want to manage these notifications? So my point is... That's a reflection of you, no, not, it's not Twitter. No, yeah, it's not. I mean, <laughs> because the only way I'm wrong when it's 7 nothing, Vic, is if I said the Broncos won't score a point this year. Have I said that? Has that been my take? I, did Twitter get on you last night? Did you get no, on, I had a pleasant day on Twitter. He had 65 yards passing at, uh, Davis, at halftime. Twitter good, Twitter good with you last night? 65 yards. And you would have you would have thought he was Aaron freaking Rodgers based on my mentions. I, I mean, Twitter was fine with pump, me. I mean, pump the brakes. It's all, it's all what you put in. That's what you get out. And you're fine. You put in. Nothing but Manchester takes about the guy's play. No, so when he plays well, be prepared for Twitter to lash back. Manchester takes. If Manchester takes mean accurate, then fine. It was a Manchester take because my take (laughs) on Trevor Simeon today has been spot on accurate. You know, one hundred percent. But it was the order. Do do you see my point on that at all? That they won the game twenty four twenty one, and it just came out guns blazing everything he did wrong. Is that fair or not? Well, uh, we, we started the show. We started the show with Vic coming at me. Of, the text hey, uh, what you what would you think of my guy Trevor? And I think I said he was fine. I bet my first words today about Trevor Simeon were he was fine. That would be my guess. I agree with you. The guy can be critiqued. I agree with you. It was Christmas morning that it wasn't a pick six. What three four minutes into that game? Mm-hmm. But he also did some really nice things he made last night. Four or five. Phenomenal throw. I mean, him dancing past Joey Bosa, where did that come from? I don't know because uh, Manchester says he can't run. Manchester loves number 12 because of his feet, but number 13 scores with his feet, and all of a sudden, what? Again, is that what I said? Is that what I said? Or when I had Jeff Legwald on here and was describing his play, did I say, he made more plays with his feet than I thought he could play? I can't take you seriously with your shades right now. Which is it? I want to see into your eyes. I mean, I I don't know what more I have to do unless I'm like every other media member in this town who has 13 tattooed on my buttocks. (laughs) What what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? That's a fired up finale nominee. That is. (laughs) Troy Hansford, get ready for that one. I mean, good grief. We got to take a break. We are live from the Ridge of Castle Pines North. They're about to tee off here at the Avs Charity Golf Classic, guys. We got to get this next half hour going. I can't I, come I up. Tee off I can't come up with six teams that would take Trevor. I got my notes. You, you may have to tee off on hole three. You'll survive. Vic. I got some notes. San Francisco notes coming up next. Live about from it. Castle Pines. You got the Vic Lombardi show. The Jets. Welcome back to the Vic Lombardi Show. We're live here at the Avalanche Charity Classic. It's Vic Lombardi's show. And here he is. The man, the myth, the legend. Returning. Shut up! I was all ready for his notes. Did you I got get your notes. clubs all ready? Yeah, I got my Are notes. Are you devastated you're going to miss two holes of golf? Yeah, I am a little upset, to be <laughs> honest with you. My team may need me out there. What hole are they starting on so you know how to find them? 15. Oh, you might you catch him at the get turn. up to 18. It's perfect. That couldn't have worked out better. I'm not worried about it too it's much. So nice. So nice. Um, you know what I just did? Um, yeah, here's what I just did. Because remember we talked about the uh, biggest uh, cell phone snafus we've experienced in our lifetime? Yes, that was a power five. Because I texted Ed Warder my location. So here's what I just did. Accidentally. Uh, on three straight times with my phone in my back pocket, and it's got a life of its own, I have no idea why it does this. Yeah, I just FaceTimed John Elway three straight times. No, you didn't. <laughs> yes, I did. Did he answer? No. Uh, He's going to yeah. be thrilled. Great. Yeah. Oh, oh, and, oh, and I called the, oh, jeez. Tell and, us. No, no, no. 
I'm not going to go into it right now. That's pathetic. Why does that happen? How? That's how, how I texted Ed Warder my location. How? How does that happen? How? How is it just random numbers from the back pocket? One of I mean, all people, it's John Elway that you face. Does my butt have fingers? Maybe. How does that work? You might want to get that looked at. Might have a 13 tattoo. My goodness, hole. All right, let's get to my notes because I know that people have been waiting for my copious uh, football notes from last night. You mean to tell me you guys don't keep notes when you watch games? I. It's like mental. I, I can't do that. I, I got it all I upstairs. have to write stuff down. I don't know how why. How do you think I passed college? Photographic memory. You took bowling in Missouri. That's how you pass college. <laughs> uh, here's what I've got written down. I just want to get your thoughts as I as I read these okay. things. Okay. I don't want, I don't want to go too deep. I just want your initial thoughts. Uh, woo! I write second possession. A dropped pick six by the Chargers. Casey Hayward. Bad throw. Yep. Bad read. Would agree. Would agree. I don't think that's being a negative, Nancy. I think that's being fair. Well, uh, a lucky break because the Broncos. Well, I assume you'd get to it. Next thing I write: Simeon a uh, little long and wide to a wide open Sanders in the end zone. Was it catchable? Yes. I wrote that. It would have been a great catch if it hits you in the hands. It's catchable, but it would have been a great catch, and it didn't need to be that. Okay. It, it didn't need to be that. It was a. It, was it a could bad have throw. been laid in there. Yeah. Third and seven. A dart to Fowler. On third and seven. Free Agreed. play. Agreed. And you know what? Chargers it, were offsides. No, 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 no. That wasn't the free play. That was before the free play. Oh, that, that this wasn't the, the touchdown. Drive. It's yeah. getting okay. down to about the 12 yeah. or 13. Yeah. And look, any completion on third down of five or more is a great yeah. job by the quarterback. That was a great yes. throw by Trevor Simeon. Then, then, Phenomenal? No, but it was great. After that, a free play. Simeon on the hard count, using a veteran move to take Bosa, make, it, make sure Bosa gets offsides. And then the presence of mind, as his teammates stop playing, for him to wave to his teammates, hey, guys, guys, let's go. Let's play here. And then finding Fowler in the back of the end Did zone. you see negative Nancy's tweet on that play? Great job by Trevor Simeon. He kept playing when everybody else stopped. I blocked you. Great job. Uh, Roby's P.I. on third and long. It's next on my note list here. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see the replay of that. Was he out of position? What happened there? I thought it was a 50-50 borderline call. I thought the receiver slipped. It was not great defense by Roby, but it was an awful long penalty uh, that really derailed that drive. It, it sort of it, the conversation I had in this in the stands with the with the folks I was sitting with was it reminded me of when a guy drives to the lane, has no idea what he's going to do with the ball, jumps into a guy and chucks it up, and they call a foul. It struck me as a bailout. That's a call. pretty good analogy. Uh, then the uh, Rivers to Gordon t- touchdown there. Todd Davis um, got juked big time by uh, Melvin Gordon. I don't know many linebackers that would have been able to stick with Melvin Gordon in that situation. But the bigger story from that play was Justin Simmons. Well, yeah, what, what, with, Justin with Simmons, at the five-yard Justin line. Simmons went low, and Melvin Gordon jumped right over him. Oh, I think T.J. Ward would have made that tackle. Have you guys ever played football? You don't think T.J. Ward makes oh, that tackle? Do you, guys wait a play, do you guys play sports? Wait a minute, wait a minute. So Justin Simmons... So the... you're going to pin that on Justin Simmons? Did wait, you see wait, Melvin Gordon wait, go right guys, over him? Do you guys play football? You, guys you don't think play? it's fair to ask if T.J. Ward would have made that tackle? Wow! And the safety at the five-yard line wow. is not supposed to make the tackle to so, save the touchdown? First of all, he wasn't at the five-yard line. He was coming out of the end zone. That's number one. Number two... Two, he was desperate just to get there. He barely got there. That ball was in the end zone no matter what. You don't pin that on Justin. That's not a I, th- I think T.J. Ward makes that tackle. Oh. Make the play. Make the play. Okay. Next, pass late to D.T. I'm not sure why I wrote that. I think there was a play there that was late to D.T. By the way, you've had more there. negatives than positives so far on Trevor. And this is during the part when he was playing Phenomenal. Uh, great punt return by McKenzie. Yep. Nearly broke it. Special teams is so good that even Manchester might recognize <laughs> it. I wrote that down. 
That was a big play because anytime you can set up this Broncos offense with a shorter field so they don't have to go 12 plays, 78 mm. yards, it's it's huge. That was a big play. Third and seven, great dart to Derby for nine yards. A dart to Derby for nine, utilizing the tight end. The that tight was end, the biggest positive of last night. Yeah, the tight ends were more the involved tight last showed night up. than we, we've seen in since Julius Thomas was here. Outstanding Ole move by CJ for 18 yards. That was a great little sidestep yeah. move. Going to the left side, uh-huh. great run. Great. Uh, run. Trevor to Derby for first down. Trevor tiptoeing for the TD, making Joey Bosa look foolish. Yeah, that was a nice play. He had his dancing shoes on. I didn't 14, think Trevor Simeon seven. was capable of that. That was I, pretty wait, wait a minute. When he, so he avoids the sack there, but... And we're going to praise him, but later when he gets sacked, that's totally on the Different circumstance. Line. Oh, okay. Yeah, pocket collapsing, nowhere sure. to go. Just make sure. I'm he still, I'm still waiting there. for the 20 he quarterbacks. He's better than. Uh, still waiting for that list. Next uh, paragraph here. I got 20. Bowles caught holding. Bowles caught holding. Was that the move where it was third and long and he rolled to his left? Don't remember. 14-7 at the half. Three timeouts. No urgency at the end of the half. Didn't like that. Didn't like the fact that they didn't nope. do anything at the end of the first half. John but Fox they thought they managed the Here's the well. thing, though, and it's the same It's the same way I'm going to look at your criticism of them at the end of the game when they're up 24-7. Mm-hmm. My problem with John Fox was he could never figure out which way he wanted to go. Right? If you're going to be conservative, if you're going to play, hey, we're defense first, we're not going to let our offense beat us, then stick to that plan. You're up 14-7 at half. You're, you're down at the 20-yard line. Don't do something stupid. You're up 24-7 with nine minutes to go, Vic. If they pump the ball on both those drives, the Chargers are toast. It, it took two turnovers at midfield for it to almost backfire on them. It, look, if that's your personality, stick with it. Don't get. Don't try and do, don't try and be cute. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, second half notes. Uh, the Roby interception. Everybody's going to look at the Roby interception and say, great interception. Here's what I wrote down. Justin Simmons' safety blitz leads to the Roby interception. T.J. Ward was a good blitzer, too. Yeah, I'm just saying. That other people know how to blitz. It was a hell of a play by Roby, though. I mean, he jumped that route and dove right in front of it. Six plays later, third and goal. Third and goal, mind you. Third down, the key down for quarterbacks, Trevor. Laser to Fowler, 21-7. Threw it only where Fowler could catch it, outside shoulder. Nice pass, and I think Benny Fowler uh, answered the question of who's going to be the third no receiver. Doubt. Did Jordan Taylor play? He was inactive. He was okay. in, a surprise inactive. I was, at the, wait, wait. I was at the stadium, so I didn't see the inactive so list. So who was on that on that screen that got intercepted? Wasn't Taylor on the outside there, or was oh, that Derby? That was, he was... He was Inactive last oh, okay, night. Okay. Yeah. Right, he was I'm not listening. on the 46. It uh, was a little weird. Uh, then I've got Shaq. Shaq sacks Phillip on a three and out. So he got to him once, clearly. Uh, great catch and run by Sanders for the first down. Bowles hustles for the block. Yep. He didn't quit on that play, which was a, a really good job. It was by Emmanuel's the best play of the night, no doubt. It, it, but, it, but here's the thing. If that's the way you're moving the chains... That ain't gonna happen. That was a that was a once all year kind of play. Uh, a long thirteen play drive cannot punch it in from the one. Must settle for three instead of seven. You got a first and goal from the one. You got to score. They scored twice, and Vance Joseph doesn't realize you can challenge. Apparently, they Jamal Charles twice. probably scored on the play to get them the first down. Yeah, and we've all now seen the picture. Emmanuel Sanders had two feet in on the third down. You throw. got you got to challenge one of those. Yeah. You got you have to. They froze the play on the Emmanuel Sanders catch along the sideline. And again, this is where I'll play a little more critical than I normally would. Pass should have been a little sooner, and that's a certain touchdown. Uh, okay, and I'm with you. He was, it was not a great throw. It was a little bit like the other just missed to Emmanuel where. Okay, it, it, it could have been an easy touchdown, 
They made it on the first one. Emmanuel would have had to make a great catch on that one. He did make the great catch, and it put the pressure on the on the official. But, you know, Vance talks about how, hey, I don't want to take the timeouts home with me. That's why I iced the kicker. Well, don't take the, the challenges home with you either, dude. A game's over if you if you challenge that and win it. All right, a couple more notes we're going to read to when we come back. Plus, uh, text still rolling in. It's always fun to talk Broncos. It's more fun after a win, and it's even more fun when they win and Manchester has something to talk about. Yeah, the fact that I was the closest on the show to picking the score on the money. You got the big old Somehow I'm wrong. Somehow I'm wrong. Live from Castle Pines. Hey, man, I had a great time last night before the game with uh, Nate and Ryan up at the event center. We had the orange and blue preview. Do it every game day, every Broncos game day, live at Fieldhouse Event Venue for two hours before the game. You can join the Altitude 950 crew, and we'll be there again this Sunday when the Cowboys come to town. It's located at 16th and Federal. It's presented by UNC Extended Campus. Change your career with a UNC Extended Campus online graduate program. Next up again, Sunday at noon, right before the Broncos take on the Cowboys. Stop by the best pregame party, talk a little football with the Altitude 950 team, win prizes and more. The orange and blue preview at the Fieldhouse event venue. That's a great venue. It is, and there are a few things that make it great. One, it's an easy walk to the stadium from there. Two, they're going to have all the early games on, so you can keep track of your fantasy team. And three, great wings. you got to try the wings. You know, maybe have a picture of something to wash them down, but really, really good wings, so definitely a place to check it out uh, before the Broncos get uh, pasted by the Cowboys. A couple more texts before we pass it on to uh, Hastings and Brownman here uh, from 7335. H.W. passed college only because he had great peripheral vision from Will and Fort Collins. I'm not sure I get that I don't reference. get it, but I appreciate it, Will. That's what you did. You cheated. Oh, yeah. I just took casino management. Uh, Jason writes in, teams who should take and would take Simeon, Houston, Indy, San Francisco, Cleveland, Chicago, the Jets, Jacksonville, Buffalo, and maybe even the Bengals and Giants because, yes, Eli is ridiculously overrated. Wait a minute. Read me this list slower. Houston, Indiana. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Today would they take him? Yes. Indianapolis will take Andrew Luck. And you know what? Houston's going to take... Deshaun Watson. Okay, I won't even finish that list. Come on. Next text. Kevin, Manchester, even when you are begrudgingly acknowledging Trevor does good things, it's always a backhanded compliment. Why? Why is it a backhanded compliment when I said it was a phenomenal – well, now I'm using your word – a great throw – to Virgil Green. Why is that a back with a guy in his face? How is that a backhanded compliment? You used the word fine to describe uh, Trevor Simeon. Here's a text that comes in. Ask a woman what fine means. It's a backhanded compliment that people see as meaning, eh, sucks. Okay, well, now now here's the thing. Trevor Simeon fans are just overly sensitive. If me saying, hey, he did a bunch of things I liked, which I listed multiple times today, and he did a bunch of things I didn't like, grades out as fine, he threw for 219 yards, I'm not ready to throw a parade, that's not good enough for him? Okay, but here's my biggest fear. My biggest fear is this team goes seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven. They convince themselves they're close, and they continue to burn year after year after year with this guy. They're not going anywhere with him. And, and sorry, I'm the one person doing everyone in this town who's a Bronco fan a service, as opposed to perpetuating a myth. So we stand and, and continue to to repeat this year after year after year. 
Who got the biggest ovation, the biggest round of applause when the Broncos' offensive starters were announced yesterday? You were there. I was right next to them, right there on the field. Who drew the biggest applause, and it wasn't even close? Who? It, it was either Trevor or It DT. wasn't close. 13 got the biggest okay, ovation. Fine. So you mean to tell me you're in a stadium full of Bronco fans, and now you're preaching to them? You're telling them how to be a fan? Hey, don't fall into that trap. Don't root for 13. Yes. Oh, come on. Come on. Okay, so no, I should so do everybody's no, 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 wrong no, no, and no, you're no. right. Let me, get, let me get it straight. I should be like you and like Legwald and tell people, no, we got the answer at quarterback here so we can burn four years of going 8-8 eight and eight every season. That's what I should I'm do. I'm telling you to be do reasonable they, and logical. That's do what they I'm telling or do you they not to have the long-term fair. next decade answer at quarterback? You need to be do they? fair. Do they, have the answer fair. For, do they have the answer for the next decade at quarterback? This one's from uh, Weatherman. Oh, okay. Weatherman says, Von Miller non-existent? That's why people can't stand you, James. That is beyond ignorant analysis. Okay. All right. He was he was all over the field. Is that what you want me to say? He had four tackles. No sacks. He was all over the field. Come on. You can watch games and realize when 58 is constantly in the screen, and you can watch games when he's nowhere to be From found. From CU Dan. Hey, Manchester's spot on about Trevor, especially in the fourth quarter. Oh, no. We're only counting the first three quarters because it's Denver, and he's a seventh-round pick. We don't count the fourth quarter. We don't count crunch time. What did he do when the plays were scripted and he knew exactly what was going to happen? That's all we care about. We don't care about what did he do in the three-minute drill when he had a chance to just run out the clock and went three and out. We don't care. From uh, 7584, can we please talk about this fight song that the Broncos continue to force upon us? I didn't think it was bad. What are we going to do about it? I liked it. I thought it was fine. I really did think, because when we read it on the air, it was kind of a joke. I thought it was pretty good in the stadium. I really didn't mind it. (laughs) You're beating. Now, now you just no, playing to the crowd. I swear I told, no. I told my buddy next to no, this ain't bad. This ain't bad. Okay, uh, let's get to the biggest story that evolved last night. And when I say evolved, it continues to change. For those of you who watched the game at home and had the pleasure of witnessing the single greatest sideline report in television broadcast history, and look at Julie, she's those of us in the television industry, we cringe when we see stuff like that. I know I do. I cringe. Because it's happened to the best of us. It's happened to all of us. We've all been there. We've all been where Sergio Dip ventured last night. Is that his name, that his name by the way? Yeah. Yeah. If you missed it the first time, this was Sergio's halftime or sideline report about four minutes into the game. Let her roll. Beth, coach, it's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close, just watching Coach Vance Joseph from here. You watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL. And here he is, having the time of his life this night, making his head coaching debut. Having the time of his life. All right, so give this kid Having the time of his life. He took all kinds of heat. The Twitter machine went crazy. He handled it like a champ. He actually had some fun. All right. He, he he showed he was humble. He showed humility. He had fun with it. Now I haven't heard this yet. You're about to hear it with me for the first time. Apparently he went on his own Twitter machine and responded to all the haters. This is Sergio Dip, twelve hours after the sideline report heard round the world. Roll it, Dan. It's been 
a couple of hours now trying to digest what just happened to a 29-year-old Mexican guy like me. It's 9-11. I'm in Denver, Colorado. And this is the NFL. A Monday night football game between the Broncos and the Chargers. The biggest stage possible. I was studying my elementary school September 11, 2001 in Calexico, California. Born in Mexicali, back in California, Mexico. But growing up in the American environment as a minority. A minority like head coaches, Vance Joseph and Anthony Lynn. So what I wanted to do was to show some respect. Making my debut as a minority on American national TV. The biggest stage out there. On the most heartfelt day in this great country made up by immigrants and on some people's perspective, it all went wrong. But I truly meant no disrespect because all I wanted to do was to show some love to these two historical head coaches. Hopefully, I'll have another chance and be sure I'll make the most out of it. All right. All due respect to Sergio Dip. What the hell is he talking about? I don't know, man. Uh, his bad sideline report. Okay, I, I, whatever. I, I, I have no idea what, what, what that rambling. Listen, I, I have all the sympathy in the world from. I've already said I feel sorry for the kid, but what the hell was that about? At no point in your incoherent rambling response did you no. make anything that, that would be considered. That didn't a make anything thought. better. Nothing. I award you no yeah. points. No, no, no. May just, God you have know, mercy. You know on what it soul. showed to me? Whoever the producer was that made the decision to put him on the sideline, that person, the producer, should be fired. Yeah. That I mean that was an awful, awful decision. That was bad. That was painful. That was painful. Holy moly! All right, before we say goodbye, we need to get to it. Our fired up finale. The Troy Hanford fired up comment of the show. What was it, Danny? This is the fired up finale. Presented by the Troy Hansford Real Estate Team. Here's what's got us fired up today. Is that what I said? I Is that it. what I said? Or when I had Jeff Legwald on here and was describing his play, did I say, he made more plays with his feet than I thought he could I play? I can't take you so seriously which is with it? your shades right now. Which is it? I want to see into your eyes. I mean, I, I don't know what more I have to do unless I'm like every other media member in this town who has 13 tattooed on my buttocks. <laughs> I don't, what, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? On my buttocks. <laughs> Guys, it was a fun show. We had a great, great morning. We had Akeem leave on the program. Jeff Legwald, Gabriel Landeskog stopped by. We also talked to Tyson Berry. Uh, then the Broncos outsider guy, Kyle Keefe. Up next. It wasn't all good. Well, most of it was. <laughs> Up next, Julie Brom and Scott Hastings live from the Ridge of Castle Pines North. We're here for the next few hours for the Avs Charity Golf Tournament. We'll talk to you tomorrow, sports fans.
2020. You were way off. What was the final score? You were way 24, off. 24-21. So what am I getting blown up about? Hey, I, I, we, we could go to Jesse. This you week. know exactly what you're getting Does, blown up minute, about. Don't, don't play possum with Does us. Does Jesse have the clip where I picked the Broncos to go 0-16? Does Jesse have the clip where I said the Broncos won't score an offensive point all year? Does Jesse have the clip where I said Trevor Simeon won't throw a touchdown all year? Give me a freaking break. I picked him to win the game. Yesterday went exactly as I picked it to go, yet somehow I'm the one that's wrong. They're still going 6-10, and 10, and I'll tell you what. After what I watched last night, after what I saw, I'm more convinced this morning they're going 6-10 and 10 than I was yesterday morning when we sat on this show. I didn't see anything last night that told me my assessment of this team is off. If anything, I'm more convinced of it today than ever.